Hey, it's your boy Sapri 706 on this episode of KTSC Ab. This week we react to the verdict in the murder trial uh, of Greg McMichaels, Travis Michaels, and William Bryant who killed Ahmaud Arbery. Uh, people pushing to reopen the Sean Bell murder. Uh, face tattoos, which are significant others. Weed lace fentanyl. The new Grammy nominations, the 10-year anniversary of Drake's Take Care is a classic, is it not? Uh, people loving the quote, old Kanye. RJ3's idea that Tim Tebow should be the new coach of the Florida Gators, along with the new COVID variant Omicron, as well as our on the ad topic of as a black person, would you rather raise your kids in a predominantly black area or a predominantly white area? Check out the South Lake podcast. That is where I got that question from. Tap in. I have one tattoo. <laughs> Okay. After that first one, I'm like, I have never that. <laughs> Scary ass. Jesus. I would do that. That's not what I want to do. I'm sorry. Yikes. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Southbury706. This is KTSC Ave Live, episode 81. We don't do nothing. We just kick it. Uh, we have our uh, amazing host. Uh, Marcus Sniffles and uh, Toxic Trey, the, the tech messiah. What's good with y'all? Just hanging in there. That Silk Sonic still goes. Uh, fucking put on a smile and flies me. Leave the door open. All that shit still slaps. Blast off everything. Album of the year. So if we uh, claim in episode 81, shout out to Kobe. R.I.P. Kobe. This episode's all about, well, it ain't. But anyway, shout out to Kobe <laughs> on this one. Uh, episode 81. Um, that's it. From me. Uh, happy belated Thanksgiving, everybody listening to this. Uh, if you're listening to this, hopefully you weren't one of the few people online getting your Thanksgiving plates packed up because they look like... Uh, Fresh pulled leaves off the ground or extremely dry food. I'm looking oh, like, Hades, <laughs> like Hades' ankles on the timeline, just embarrassing yourselves. Like, and, and I did see a good tweet. Like, no matter how good you think your food looks, you're gonna get packed up on the timeline. Like, yeah, there's you're you're not gonna win this this match, <laughs> no matter how good your plate looks. So for for next year, please leave the plates off the timeline. You're gonna embarrass yourself. You're gonna hurt the legacy of yourself and your family members. I saw somebody posted their their uh, dead mom's macaroni and cheese. It looked like they had some sort of macaroni and cheese baked bean contract. Oh, I saw that. That was nasty. Yeah. It, it, the thing is, like, the poor woman's not here to defend herself. So you're getting packed up, and your you know your mother, God rest her soul, is getting packed up too. So and Twitter does not care about your dead mother. They're yeah, gonna yeah. fry that food right on up. <laughs> they do not care. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 wild out here. It's wild west. Um, so yeah, hopefully everybody's Thanksgiving went well. Um, and well, I, you know I think- what? Hold on. See, and this is how you know what you said is one hundred percent accurate because I seen this was like a couple of years ago. Chef Gordon Ramsay posted something online that was getting roasted, like just his egg recipe, and people were like, "Oh, I don't like runny eggs. Runny ass eggs. Eggs running all across the world. Blah blah blah." This is a Michelin star rated chef like multiple times michelin star rated everybody gets the jokes just keep them to yourself yeah your your food could be a nine out of ten they're gonna focus on that one whatever that one deficiency is they're gonna fry your ass up that like that's what it's for i don't post i don't post food on the timeline like 
ever. Like, there's no point. Especially nothing I cook. It's like, no, I'm not putting myself out there like that. Y'all ain't going to get me out the paint, have me feeling disappointed and have to talk to my therapist about. No, no thank you. I remember I posted and I took my professional like photography grade camera, took a photo of like a perfect cut of lasagna. And niggas, they couldn't say shit about the lasagna, but they was like, nigga, why your po ass eating on? <laughs> I was like, nigga, really? That one percent, that one percent, they gonna find it. Paper plates, they gonna find it. It ain't worth it. Yeah, there was a hashtag ribgate that happened a couple years ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Mr. Savage, uh, would you explain Ribgate, please? Just someone that we all mutually know. Um, I don't know if it was 4th of July or what special holiday. This person was really excited about this cut of ribs. And they posted it in the group chat. And they didn't have a speck of And Mr. South Breeze posted it online. And they they... This was before packing up existed. They packed his brother up. He was in his feelings for like a year and a half. He he was actively waiting for you to post some food so he can roast you because he was mad. And it was like, and then he was like, "Well, I have kids, so I can't do all the heavy season." No, nigga, that it had no season. It didn't have a speck of salt, pepper, no lorries. No Tonys, no, it didn't even have Obey on it. It didn't have nothing. Whatever you put on ribs, it had none of it. Not a dry rub, not a sweet mesquite, <laughs> nothing. It was clean, just clean, fresh ribs. That's it. So, to be fair, well, like, I wasn't doing it maliciously. I just, bro, he took a People thought it was me. I'm like, wait a second. No, no, it's not me. Yeah, they low did. key, the person kind of told on themselves. I'm like, bro. Yeah, like, they did. You, know, you should have kept it to yourself. You. Yeah, like, it, nobody would do it with you if you just relax. Like, just... Hey, man, just ignore it, man. Just act like, oh, that ain't me. Hey, because he, he was out there. He was like, oh, no, y'all don't know this. Blah, blah, blah. Like, he was, he was defending his food, and he exposed himself as the person who did it. Because everybody did think it was South Breeze. Because it, it had no seasoning on it. I kind of like it, it was no orange to it. It was just white and pink ribs. That's it. Yeah, it was it was pretty pretty troublesome. Pretty pretty troublesome. Um I guess before uh, I'm not, hey, hey. <laughs> we'll, we'll save this we'll save this for the end, but I'm gonna add uh the homie Hendrick Monet, because she needs to get packed up. Oh, God. What did she do? That tweet. I think we were talking about it last week, but we'll, we'll, we'll get that. Actually, let me bookmark this. Can you send it to me? Because I, I don't know. You know. Yeah. I'm trying to get the podcast out. Let's see. Get some people. To you could. I mean, I sent it out. You just go to my page and um, copy it or whatever, but. I mean, yeah, just in general, it, it doesn't matter how good you cook your food or how good you think your food is, you're going to get packed up regardless. It's going to be something that's a, a spectacle of being burnt or undercooked. It's going to get packed up. If it's not seasoned to the max, it's going to be packed up. Paper plates is going to get packed up. Paper cups, cheap wine, cheap liquor, 
um, whatever, cheap food, cheap cuts, they pack you up every time. Like, you know, you might think your greens. I seen somebody posted a picture of them stirring greens and they were like jabbing at the greens. And they was like, nigga, we know you ain't cooked that because you don't even know how to stir greens. Like, get the fuck out of here. Niggas is looking for every angle to get these jokes off. And even if it's not the food or the plate, don't let you have an unmanicured hand or finger. <laughs> They're going to find it. They're going to find the weakness, man. They're going to find it. Hey, a, a little speck of dirt in a nail, and you just dirt out of here. Yeah, they're gonna be on your ass for for no reason. Like, yeah, man. I'm just trying to share. I'm just trying to share share the love. Like, be out here in the streets. Like, hey, man. Like, niggas be eating Thanksgiving at the gulag or something. Man. I don't know <laughs> what the fuck they was doing this year. <laughs> like, there was some yeah, bad yeah. stuff on the tip timeline this year. <laughs> it was a bad year for y'all, man. Jesus. Well, I guess that's a, a smooth transition into uh, people getting packed up as the Amont Arbery uh, <laughs> trial. <laughs> Sorry. Conclusion, uh, and uh, it went the way it should have. Uh, Greg Michaels, Travis and Michaels, and their uh, compadre William Bryant were all found guilty of murder in some shape, form, or fashion. Um, what's up, Chan? Uh, what is up, Jazz? Uh, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely check out the YouTube stream if that's who we're talking to. But yeah. Uh, it's a. Uh, I thought it was a pretty open and shut case. Like I knew that um, with the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, that one was you know he's going to get found uh, not guilty because of you know America and whatnot. But this would have truly been a travesty had those gentlemen been found um, not guilty. It to me it was open and shut case, but uh, it's it's unfortunate that a lot of people in this country, if you're not here listening in America, America's justice system is kind of hit or miss, um, to say the least, due to uh, a lot of uh, historic issues in this country regarding uh, race and equality, which is definitely uh, exacerbated in the justice system. But it's sad that people were kind of worried that it might not have came out. What's up, that boy? Uh, <laughs> that the the verdict might not have been what we knew it should have been. So if you're not familiar with the story, which apparently there are people in this country who have no idea who Ahmaud Arbery is. So if you're one of those people, the backstory was Ahmaud Arbery was a black man uh, living in what was it, outside of uh, Brunswick, Georgia, right? Sure. So he was in Georgia running through a neighborhood and he was... <laughs> Pretty much flagged down by two white men. No, he wasn't. He wasn't running through a neighborhood. He was running through his neighborhood, I believe. He was running through his neighborhood, jogging, yes, jogging through his neighborhood like he usually does. And he was flagged down by two white men and pickup trucks. And uh, apparently, one of them had a shotgun. Um, for whatever reason, they were they were flagging him down. Uh, don't know what that reason was. Um, and it, the incident ended up with Mr. Arbery being murdered. And uh, essentially nothing happened. Uh, the DA, who I need to pull up her fucking raggedy ass name, she pretty much said that, hey, there was no crime committed. Uh, one of the accused people was a former police officer. Her name is Jackie Johnson. Jackie Johnson, you dirty, crusty, raggedy bitch. Raggedy uh, ass bitch. <laughs> yeah. 
excuse my language, but I mean, it's it's warranted in this situation. Well, I also want to just just to kind of go back to, to the beginning of what you said. <laughs> you were oh, saying like, I, <laughs> I, you were saying like at the beginning how it was an open and shut case, but the that lady, the uh, uh, whatever, what did she do? The state attorney or whoever she, she was, the district attorney. The district attorney. She looked at that and was like, "Nah, they're good. They can go home." Like. They she looked at whatever because I did not watch the video of this one. I was like, I'm not watching this. But whatever was on that video, she watched it and she was like, nah, these guys can go home. There's no crime here. There's no they don't need to be charged with a murder or nothing. It was kind of like the uh Kyle Rittenhouse thing where it's like, yeah, no crime was committed here. Like, what? This dude, there's like a guy who's dead. Three people and one with a gun, and no one, there's no crime here. Like, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So, um, <clears throat> according to meaww.com, a former Brunswick Judicial Circuit District Attorney was booked into the Georgia County Jail in connection with the Ahmaud Arbery murder case. Uh, on the very day her killers were pronounced guilty for murder, Jackie Johnson, 49, turned herself into the Glen County Jail after she was charged with obstructing cops executing initial arrests. There have been multiple public petitions for the removal and disbarring of Johnson after she blocked police officers. From arresting Travis, uh, Gregory, and Michael, two of the three killers of Arbery. And, and back to what I was saying earlier, like this is kind of where the uh, inequities in the justice system uh, come into play. Uh, because, like, it's crazy that, again, I thought it was an open and shut case, but um, initially what happened was uh, people began to protest, saying, like, hey, this guy was murdered. And pretty much the reason that this came to, to light was because I think uh, either one of the McMichaels dudes like sent the video of what happened to somebody and that video was leaked. And that's pretty much what put the nail in the coffin for those guys, which is unfortunate because had those guys not been like idiots, <clears throat> they'd probably be walking the streets today, you know? Well, they put and that out. They they put that video out thinking that made them look that would help them look good. I'm yeah. like, what? What are you talking about, man? I don't know if they had a lawyer at that time, but if they did, he did a terrible job uh, counseling them because that was not not the. That was actually the worst thing you could have did. Like you should have just shut up. You like you, you got away with one, and you just felt the need to keep going. And I'm like, God dang, man, it's tragic, man. It's tragic, but. And all the dudes need to be put under the jail, man. It's just ridiculous. Well, the fact yeah, that they yeah. felt the, the fact that they felt like they could do that, like, oh, we just see someone running around in the neighborhood, we can pull up with a gun and tell them to listen to us. Like, what? 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 Where do you? What? What are you thinking that you think you can do that? Like, that's insane. It 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 is insane, but it's kind of one of those things where <clears throat> this this ties into the. Kind of the Kyle Rittenhouse thing where just like people can just have guns and it's like, all right, like we're just gonna add guns and then people get these guns and think that they, they can play cowboy and police officer, but like this isn't a video game. Like you pulling a gun on somebody and shooting them has consequences, not only for you, the person you shoot, but for the family members, like the community. Like, and I've said this on the podcast before, like there, there's times where like when I'll get, be ready to go out for a run or something like that, and I'm like, shit, let me make sure I got on, you know, I got my, my ID on me. I'm not looking too threatening. 
Um, if I see people, I'm kind of not running near them because I don't want them to get the idea that I'm possibly a criminal or something like that. Uh, Mr. Uh, Savage, Toxic Trey, has also had his, his incidents being, uh, you know, running while black. And it's just unfortunate, like, dude wanted to get some cardio. Like, this yeah. this is America. We have we have rights, you know what I'm saying? Even, even with running, it's like, now, like, I used to put my headphones on and put my hoodie up, like, put my hoodie all the way up to kind of, like, drown out the noise. But now it's like, I can't really put my hoodie up and, and I'll put my music up as loud because it's like, I feel like I need to see and hear what's going on because I don't want to be running and some white dudes are behind me with a gun and a fucking noose chasing after me. And I don't realize it. They think I'm running away from them. When in reality, I'm just running. And you just have to be more aware of your, your, your surrounding. It's just like, that if that doesn't happen, I'm like, I normally wouldn't think that. Normally, you're not thinking like, okay, you just get up. I'm just going to go for a run, and I'll be right back. And I'm sure Ahmad thought the same thing. Like, I'm just going to go for a run. I'm going to be right back. And now it's like before you go for a run, it's like, all right, I need to make sure I don't look a certain way. I'm not presenting in a certain way before I go out on a run. If you know, if I want to go to the store, I got to make sure I have my ID to let people know where I live. It's like you. It's like when you're black, you have to think about all the things that you have to do to prevent yourself from being murdered before you get home. It's ridiculous. Yes, it is. And I just want to say, if you're watching this uh, YouTube, I'm not laughing at the topic. I'm laughing at the ribs. Um, I actually got arrested uh, a week and a half ago. So uh, shout out to the homie South Breeze and the homie Big John and the homie uh, Ron for bailing me out. Um, that shit's scary being black. Like, you just never know what's next. Like, you know, shit, traffic stop, stop. I could get shot five times like Tupac. I, I don't know. Um, at the end of the day, it, it, it does feel good that they finally did get it right. I wish that we reached a point as black people, which I don't know when it's coming, but where the justice system is at least even enough to where we're not surprised that justice actually took place. Like, that's the saddest part about this all is anytime that there's a major trial, you don't know which way it's going to go, even if they got all types of evidence, like just don't know. So I, I, I'll, I'll be glad of the day where we can actually get justice and we don't have to look at every trial of the century. Like, Oh my God, is he going to get off because he's white? Um, I would rather look at it like, Hey, is justice going to be finally served for this person. So that's my thing. Why is somebody saying, what the fuck? What did I say? Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> shout out to them. And and one other thing, um, and, and this kind of ties into the Kyle Rittenhouse situation as well. Um, this is this is kind of why we we protest. You know, protests bring change, right? Without protests, this never comes to light, or it never becomes a, a a national worldwide issue where we're we're forcing the the judicial system to actually exercise. Uh, justice. So if you if there's an, ever an issue where you feel <clears throat> it's strong enough for you to protest, um, I'd highly encourage it. Um, and even if you can't physically be out there, you know, donate some money, support, drop off some water bottles. Um, you know, of course, do it in a manner that's not going to put you in a situation <clears throat> where you could be jailed or injured. Um, 
you know, preferably don't destroy property because that makes the whole movement tougher because people are automatically going to pigeonhole you as a looter and a writer. And uh, that's that's not gonna gonna help stuff. But you know, sometimes you gotta crack a couple eggs. But um, you know, hopefully, most likely, those routes don't need to be taken. So <clears throat> shout out to Justice. Uh, it's pretty cool that that was kind of what led us into our, our Thanksgiving holiday. So, and and the kind of time to that <clears throat> I saw a tweet uh, talking about the uh, Sean Bell murder. So this is this is an old one. This predates Twitter, I believe, <clears throat> for you guys like KJ, who probably wasn't born when this happened. Um, so Sean Bell, <clears throat> 15th year anniversary per Pix11.com. Uh, Sean Bell, 23-year-old, studying become an electrician, was set to get married. He died in a hail of 50 bullets fired by undercover NYPD, NYPD officers as he left his bachelor party at a Queens nightclub. <laughs> this happened 15 years ago. And they're kind of advocating for the case to be reopened because no one was found at fault or found guilty for a man being shot with 50 bullets. I don't even think they were indicted at all, right? I don't think they were. Yeah, I don't um, even think they were indicted. And I, I can't remember what the reason that they shot him that many times. I think it's – I don't even think there was a reason. I just think that uh, – let's see. What was the reason? I think he. they said he reached for something. But 50 times was ridiculous. And I'll be honest with you, that was like the first major trial that I can – besides O.J. Simpson. The first of the many trials that we that we get uh, that are like the Black Lives Matter, uh, black people getting wrongfully killed. Like that was the first one that I remember as an adult experience, and like it was crazy when I heard about it. that one. And I forgot the dude, and um, it was Sacramento, and I think he had a cell phone, and he was shot like a whole bunch of times in like his grandmother's backyard or something like that. But those were early, early on. And they were like some of the first major ones that I remember like really being upset about. Like, wow, what the hell? Like, they're not even indicted for this? Like, that's crazy. Well, part of it is because how how narratives are shaped. So I just randomly Googled it. And what they're saying, according to cityjournal.org, the allegation that November shooting was racially motivated is preposterous. So you kind of see where this is going. According to the press police reports, a group of undercover officers working in a gun and drug plague strip joint in Queens had good reason to believe that the group leaving the club was armed about to shoot an adversary. I don't know how you gather that from seeing somebody that you've never seen before coming out of a club. But as I continue, it says when one of the undercover officers identified himself as an officer, the car holding the group twice tried to run and hit him down. Officers start firing while yelling at the car's occupants. Let me see your hands, <clears throat> which doesn't make any sense. Why would you shoot at somebody and ask them to let me see your hands? Um, they let off 50 rounds, killing the driver, Sean Bell. Um, no guns found in the car, but witnesses, quote-unquote witnesses, and video footage confirmed that the fourth man in the party fled the scene once the altercation began. I mean, if undercover people that may or may not identify themselves ran up on you after you come out the club. I can see you could be scared, but <clears throat> this is the, the part that I don't like. Um, according to some credible, credible reports, Bell and entourage were involved in illegal drug dealings. 
that someone with them have been armed than is plausible. So they kind of reverse engineered like, hey, these guys may have been drug dealers or may have had weapons, so we can justify that killing them, right? 50 times. Same with the Mod Arbery. They were saying that he was looking to steal stuff out of an abandoned house, which let's say for the, the sake of argument he was, that doesn't justify him being gunned down in the streets. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I hate how the people in charge and power shape the narrative that like, hey, it's no big deal. We're just going to shoot this guy 50 times, even though it only takes a couple of bullets to, you know, stop somebody from doing something. But um, that, that's just like what the, and it goes back to, and this is how you can tie it all together that this stuff still happens because in the Rittenhouse trial, um, one of the things they did, one of the people they were saying he he was a, he was a mental health patient, he was on heroin, and some he had just lost his job. Like they they the media does a good job of painting a, a bad narrative of people to then warrant. Okay, hey, well they were kind of bad people anyway, so maybe they just deserve to die. He was a heroin addict. What was he contributing to society? He probably was acting a little loony, so he deserved to die. They do that all the time. Yeah. Trayvon Martin was a thug in black and the Coke can, I mean, I'm sorry, the Lipton iced tea can looked like a pistol and I guess he had a knife of Skittles. Uh, Mike Brown is a large, overbearing black man. He leaned towards me and it looked like he was going to charge me. And he's so large, I just had to kill him. Like, he didn't even touch me. Um, you know, Philandro Castile, he wasn't just re reaching for his license. He told me he had a gun and he was going to execute me. Like, it happens all the time. Like, and they'll constantly, they couldn't do a good enough job to paint that picture because you have proof that he's a cafeteria person, he's a volunteer, and he was actually a really good person. But every time, like, um, you know, you're this bad person. I remember, and we tell this story a lot, the time that I was arrested, almost arrested, but South Korea saved my life again. Um, allegedly, I'm riding around in a stolen car dealing drugs, you know, and he's in this old school Buick. You know, they had me slammed over here. It's stolen. It's this, is that. I'm riding through the hood. I don't have not. There's not even anything in that car at all because I just kept it that clean. There was nothing in it. Um, didn't have any tint on the windows and I was just getting off of work or something. And I mean, if, if South breeze hadn't have been like a five minute run, I was going to jail, probably prison for that. Like they just, they wanted to paint this picture of, Oh, this big dark skin gold tea wearing fat boy. Cause I was bigger than, you know, was riding around with tattoos, selling drugs. Let's get them. Like, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Happens all the time. Shout yeah, out to South Korea, been a real nigga. Gang, gang. Yeah, we're going to have a, a special guest joining us here soon, so um, we'll, we'll kind of chill until he, he logs in. Um, but yeah, definitely um, it's one of those things where it's yeah, <clears throat> for all the, the, the non-black listeners, our Caucasian brother and sisters, uh, I, I joke around the podcast talking about this is the racist podcast, but I mean, contrary to popular belief, like America is a racist country, right? But we're, we're just trying to kind of show, spread awareness, like, hey, these are, this is how the world works. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I had a conversation with the uh, deputy sheriff earlier in the week. So I don't want to ever paint 
that, and this is not my job to do because to be honest with you, my father was a deputy sheriff as well for a long time. Not every police officer, cop, FBI agent, DTA, all that stuff, like not all of them are, are bad people. Not all of them are trying to plant drugs, frame you, kill you, maim you, whatever the case may be. Um, it is a few bad apples that do ultimately spoil the bunch, which does suck about it. Um, but it's not like, I mean, I, I know people personally, like I just admitted, my father was a police officer at one point. I mean, I'm sorry, deputy sheriff. I got family that are, you know, all through different um police agencies. I have friends and stuff like that, people I chill with. Um, so it, it's not that all of them are bad and it's not that all white people are bad, but at the end of the day, you know, a lot of the times the system's just not fair for us. You know, it's, they, they could get the benefit of the doubt. They're innocent until proven guilty. We're guilty until proven innocent. We don't get the benefit of the doubt. So that's one of the things that just uh, the cards that we're dealt, unfortunately, like I said, sometimes you dealt good cards and sometimes you can overcome these things. But where I come from being a native Mississippian, like my county is 97% black. A lot of them niggas have been to jail or prison. It just happens. They don't have any jobs where I'm from. Uh, the education system is terrible. The schools are old. I mean, one of the schools I went to recently is still like it has no major upgrades from when I went there back in 2002, 2001, actually. You know, it's kind of crazy when you come to think of it. Like they don't invest in us to do any better. Uh, they put guns and drugs and uh, liquor stores and and uh, prime lender places all around the ghettos just so they can drain the money out of us. I mean, the system sometimes is just against us, unfortunately. I mean, I applaud the people that are trying to change it, but one day maybe it'll be even, but until then, any little victory that we get, we got to celebrate, unfortunately. Yeah, that uh, GA boy posted that he almost had an incident, and he said, thank goodness for a clear record and a black cop who had a son where I worked at. And I was like, it shouldn't have to come down to that. Like, that was a very – Luck uh, of the draw fortunate situation for you because like what if you don't have that son that works with you that can kind of vouch for you where other people may get the benefit of the doubt for not doing anything illegal and you know yeah man it's it's crazy just to kind of stick on a lot real quick did y'all hear about that case about the the affluent white gentleman that like raped four young girls and got no jail time pleaded guilty (laughs) pleaded guilty i'm just like if that doesn't tell you anything about the justice system for the people that are not from America to listen to this podcast, shout out to y'all. But yeah, this is a country where, depending on how much money you have, you can plead guilty to rape and not get any jail time. Yeah. Make it make sense. Make make it make sense. Like, it's... <sighs> yeah. It, it, don't, it don't make any sense, man. Don't make any sense. Didn't I send this fool to damn invite? Where is he at? Yeah, it really doesn't make any sense, man. Like I said, I just, anytime that we can, you know, and it's so bad, like all that evidence against OJ. And I remember, like, black people was gone wild. Like, you would have thought the Cowboys won the Super Bowl when that not guilty came in. It was that wild. Like, you would have thought the Falcons won the Super Bowl in Atlanta. 
it was it was that much chaos going on and black people just celebrated living because you know you've been shitted on for so many years a, a white guy admits to raping someone he gets no time at all what well, welcome to the podcast what up, what up, what up, what up? The, the the legend eric I'm not a legend. Oh, I, I thought you know what? At first, I thought this was I thought this was gonna get real, real quick. Because I thought that was somebody I've been calling out for a while. <laughs> Boy, it was gonna be on, but it's not <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Eric. Oh my god. Who, Got who Mr. ESPN in here. Who you talking about? <laughs> oh my god. E Eric, introduce yourself to the people who, who may not know your uh, credentials out um, here in the streets. I'm just Eric Robinson. Formerly a falcoholic, um, yeah. I just I, I I've done Falcons podcast over the past couple of years, of course. Like I said, former writer for the Falcoholic, and right now I'm just uh, in between jobs. Let's just say that. There we go. A, a black man holding down uh, jobs is, is always good in this in this country. I'm surprised you're not watching all the, all the games off. Actually, I got Oklahoma and Oklahoma State in front of me, and I got. Um, Kentucky and Louisville to my right. So, so I guess we can pivot real quick. Actually, no, we're gonna go to the the face tattoos topic, but I want to talk about uh, sports fandom because me and Mister Savage had a, a, a talk about this off the mic about this. But anywho, uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, your girl Summer Walker got hey. new, um, and decided to get. Well, they decided to get matching tattoos of each other, which in normal situations, like, hey, you in love? Like, hey, I'm going to get your name tatted, boo. I love you. I love you too, boo. All that stuff like bae, bae this, bae that, hard eye emojis, all that jazz. But they got the tattoos on their faces, which is extremely problematic for a lot of reasons. One, they're not married, so this relationship could end at any time. And now you're stuck with Larry tattooed on your face. Until you turn it into a koi fish or a rose or whatever inanimate object you choose to cover it up with. But that, that kind of started a little bit of a debate on the timeline. Some people were like, hey, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just a name. You know, if you love somebody, you care for them. I got tattoos. I get my girl's name tattooed on me, yada, 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 yada. Stupid ass. And uh, no. I don't know you guys' thoughts on this. I think it's pretty reckless. I mean, cool. she's rich, so I guess it doesn't matter, but... I was gonna say, but before before we get too deep in this conversation, can we can everybody say how many tattoos they have? I only have four. I only have four. Jesus Christ! I have ten. I, that's how many I want. Mister Savage, a, an estimate. Ten. I got ten. Oh, eleven. Eleven. I have one tattoo. <laughs> Okay. After that first one, I'm like, I have never that. <laughs> <laughs> Scary ass. Jesus. <laughs> Mr. Sniffles was present when I got my tattoo. Never again. <laughs> I was there too. Oh, I was yeah. there too. Yeah, yeah. Never again. I'm 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 good on that. That's There's certain that, places that hurt more more than others. I'll say that. Experience I'm not I'm yeah. not down for. You know what? Technically, I was at Mr. Sniffles' first tattoo as well. Probably. Yeah, I was. I remember that. Yeah, it's uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm not saying I wouldn't be open to it, but the the initial one was not something. It it deterred me very quickly. Being the 
where we lived at the time outside of Jacksonville, the, you know, the young blacks were getting a lot of tattoos, the same tattoos. Like, so the popular thing back then was like either getting the black, the cross, the Jesus face, um, your name tattooed down your like generic. It was like the generic. Go-to. Yeah, just, you know, the, the run of the bill, like, oh, the I'm first one, yeah. I'm going to get a tat. Like, shout out to the uh, RIP to the homie Herbert, but that man had his first name, Herbert, tattooed on his forearm. I'm like, bro. Like, his first name? His his own first name. Why would you have your own name tattooed on you? I don't. I've right. never understood that, honestly. Whatever. All right. I mean, it crossed my mind, but I was like, I'm glad. I'm looking back. I'm glad I did not make a. Make some of the decisions that a uh, seventeen-year-old uh, breeze. I mean, it'll, it'll, I mean, it'll come in handy when he has that one day where he just his, you know, amnesia has taken over. He can't remember anything, so he just looks down and says, "Oh shit, it's Herbert. That's that's my name." Like, but well, he's dead, so R.I.P. to the cool dude. <laughs> my bad. I didn't know that. My bad. Hey, he was a bad man, you know. He, he's, pretty, he's pretty fast, uh, bro. He used to look like Tupac to me, like a darker skinned Tupac. I have never in seen a, weird a person way. run so flat footedly fast in my life, but yeah, yeah, man, it was sick. It didn't make any sense, but anywho, uh, yeah. So, what are your guys' thoughts on getting a tattoo of your significant other on your face? Wait, hold on, before you do that, I, I gotta do something because you don't ever give yourself credit. Herbert was fast, but bruh. Your nickname should have been Tail Lights, bro. Like, <laughs> you just, you hey, just, hey, man. <laughs> from the hey, south, dang. Hey, that dude's feet were flat, though. Like, I don't, I don't know how, how he did it, but it, yeah, he was, he's a bigger guy, too. But, anywho, tattoos, thoughts. I think specifically for Summer Walker, I don't think it's that big of a deal because, first off, she has a bunch of tattoos. Second off, she already has other face tattoos. So, this isn't her first face tattoo. And thirdly, she's not going in and clocking in at a at the bank in the morning. You know, like she works essentially for herself. Like but having a face tattoo doesn't matter for her. She, where it can eventually lead to that. Eventually lead to what? Her working at a bank sooner or later. Like her career. She already not, has. It's not, a, it's not a guarantee, though. Like I mean, I get what you're saying, but you never know how life is going to turn. Like I look at. You can look at six nine for example. Like, yeah, he probably think he's going to be a rapper for the rest of his life, but you're not going to be a rapper for the rest of your life, dude. Like, your career's going to come to an end at some point, and you're going to be looking stupid as hell with all those tats on your face. Like, oh yeah, I mean that—that that, that means you got to talk to your financial advisor to make sure you're good for life. But at the end of the day, this isn't her first facial tattoo. Like, she already has other face tattoos. So, for me, looking at it, at from her perspective, I'm not like I would not do it. I wouldn't get a face tattoo at all. Like the most yeah. that I would do, I'd get a tattoo on my hand, but like on my face, no. Maybe my neck, maybe, but I would not get it on my face. But if I'm Summer Walker, I already have face tattoos. Like whatever, I already have a bunch of tattoos. What's another one? Like I don't see this. I, w- I don't see the significance of why that tattoo is more different than the other ones. It's like it's another. It's like the third face tattoo. Like who cares? <laughs> I think I think his name is Larry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Larry. I need to I need to know what his middle name was. Like, yeah, what, what was the middle name? name? She has a name of a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> Larry Earl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
whole area. <laughs> raise your hand if you know a Larry in real life. Because I know, I, I know yeah, everybody. A lot of people. Life. Everybody know a Larry. Yeah. I feel like you know a Larry. He probably like fixes cars and stuff. Yeah, my, my uncle gotta, Larry Larkin. That's a mechanic plumber type name. Like you gotta. You got to be good with tools with a name like Larry. What does this guy do? Does anybody know what Larry does? Because I have no idea. Who? What is his relationship like? Is he rich or is he a rapper or I don't, a songwriter? <laughs> what does he do? He can't be a dancer or nothing like that. That's <laughs> like like how, how do you get in the space where you're close enough to Summer Walker for her to want to tattoo your name on her face? Like I Larry. He, I think he was in the studio... I think he might be like a producer. He might have been Dirty Mac because I think he was like in the studio while Yikes. she was with uh, uh, London on the track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't have like a like a stage name. Like even as a producer, like you don't have. A, it can't be Larry. Like producer, it can't be Larry. Like it can't be that. Niggas gonna think she a fan of Veggie Tales or something like that. Right. Like Larry. A stage name in the music industry. It's about even as a producer. Mm-hmm. Use your fake name. Yeah, you can't be like Larry the Beatmaker. Like, no, use, the, use, the, use the cool name, not yeah, Larry. You can't, you can't use that, bro. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who. I I can't find anything on Larry in the Google machine. Um, I I'm not the facial tattoos thing, man. Like that's that's scary. And it, honestly, it doesn't even matter what you get tatted on your face. It doesn't matter if it's the name of a person or if it's numbers or if it's like with Lil Wayne when he got a fear of God on his eye, on his eyelids. Why? Baby got, um, I mean, not baby, Birdman got the, the big ass star on the top of his head. Like, why? Why? Well, with Birdman, when you're stealing everybody else's money, you're financially straight. <laughs> Your face, so yeah, but yeah, look at look at who he is, like how old he is now, and and you just add on another five or ten years, and he still had that big ass star on the top of his head. Like it's just if he doesn't, well, he get has it, face tattoos all over the place. all over, right? If he doesn't get it removed, which I mean, I'm assuming he is, I'm hoping he is, but what if he doesn't? What if he says no? I'm gonna keep these for life. So be- you bring up a good point, and I got a question. I, I want to turn it back to you, and then Marcus. Because you guys have given your answers. If if money wasn't an issue in your life, you were financially set for life, you could do whatever you want to do, would you get a face tattoo? Not would you get somebody's name, but would you do a face tattoo on that? Absolutely not. Me personally, no, because I think it would hurt too bad. It I don't want to do it. It would hurt I mean, a lot. Yeah, even though I got a I want more tattoos, I don't want any here. Like I don't like I don't the, want to put that needle on my face. Like, no, I'm good, man. The yeah. furthest I would go is like to my neck. Maybe yeah. put something behind my ear, maybe that, but like on my face, like it just and and personally, I know my face. Like I'm not ugly, but I'm a decent looking guy. Like I'm not as handsome as Eric is, but I don't think I need to put a tattoo on my face. I never understood the tattoo behind the ear thing. What's like what's the I think it looks cool. To, to me, that's cool. close enough to the face. You might as well do the face if you're going to You might as well do the face, yeah. But I mean but you can't see it unless you're behind me. But that stuff, it looked like it really hurt, though. You're getting <laughs> vampires stuck in your neck. Like, oh. So the, the gentleman, he's a rapper named LVRD Pharaoh. And I, you know, okay, he her, her he getting tattooed. Oh, Lord Pharaoh. Okay, I get it. Oh, get it. okay. Lord Pharaoh would have been a doper tattoo. That's a dope yeah, tattoo. Like, Lord Pharaoh, that's, that's tight. 
he might he might have bars, but he he's obviously not well known because when I googled his name, the first thing that comes up is Summer Walker. So maybe yeah, he's on the up and come up. Maybe he's got a, a track dropping soon, and we can go out support this Black King, get his, his streams up. But um, she chose to get Larry. <sighs> yeah, I was thinking, why not get the LVRD, Lord Pharaoh, Pharaoh, any of it. Uh, <sighs> Larry's ugly name. Is Larry really his government name, or is that a shortened version of his actual? Like, is his name actually like Lawrence or something like that? I. That's a great question. Uh, If my name was Lawrence, I would. If that's that's the case, he's like, yeah, I don't want to get Lawrence on my face. That's pretty long, so let me shorten it to Larry. And he's like. Nobody to, calls me Larry, but all right, to, whatever. Sure. To kind of go back on the Young Pharaoh thing, uh, there's another rapper who goes by Young Pharaoh that's been accused of being anti-Semitic. So maybe not use that one because <laughs> I I typed in <laughs> uh, Lord Pharaoh rapper. That was the first thing. Anti-Semitic rapper Young Pharaoh spews bigotry, racist hate. I'm like Jesus. Ooh. Hmm. That's close enough. That's not good. Sounds like the baby. But um, yeah. hey, 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 let's go. Leave Jonathan out of this, all right? <laughs> oh my god, that man, no comment. Um, but yeah, at me, absolutely not. Like that—that's a hard pass under under zero circumstances. Like, nah. even if you were rich, nope. like, oh, okay. you, nope. yeah, absolutely not. I have, I have, I have self dignity. I'm not doing. That's that's insane. That's 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 preposterous. That is absurd, unstable people behavior. Like that's almost as bad as the fucking um. And, and people forget about this, but uh, because it turned to a koi fish or some other animal. But Janae Aiko did something arguably worse than that, where she got Big Sean's face tatted on her. Yeah. And then they like broke up shortly after that. Like I mean, I'm yeah. sure they're still having relations, but like. Yeah. Or Gucci man getting the ice cube. I mean the uh, the ice cream, ice cream cone. Again, was- another one. Like why? Mike Tyson. He got the half tribal tattoo. Like he didn't even finish it. Like at least finish it. But that's what it's going to be. When you get older, when you get older, and you have facial tattoos, and you choose not to remove them. Now, Tyson's in his what? 50s. Late fifties. Mm-hmm. What a facial tattoo, like bro, you still look now. It just it looks different than it, it looks foolish it's, it's, because his face looks so old, and that tattoo right. is way too bold. Right, like some like it's like with the ink that that is a black tattoo this thick, and it probably actually protrudes. Um, so they probably did the scarring to make it kind of swell up and stay like that. The yeah, that's crazy. For me. No, I'm not getting a woman's name tattooed on me. Nothing like period on the face, on the hand, none of that. Um, a facial tattoo in general. I mean, it just it would depend. I'd have to be really, really well off, and it would have to be something that was extremely significant for me. But it's only so many things that you can kind of do with that. So probably not. Um, the highest I would go, kind of like Marcus. I've contemplated the low neck. So I can still get away with um like wearing a collar shirt, but nah, I can't do that. That I'm not doing my lower back, like none of that stuff, man. I'm I'm a G. Do women still get lower back tattoos? Is that a, is that, oh, okay, all oh, right. Eric said that with 
I was gonna say, I think I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. <laughs> like, yes, they do. <laughs> I feel like they're going with more of the uh, thigh and chest tattoos. That's what you know. Th- those are red flags for you, fellas. Like, be careful with those. The thigh and what? The thigh and chest tattoos on women. Those are red flags. Those are red flags. I think they left the big chest print thing alone, though. So, just just think of every woman that you know with a chest or thigh tattoo. That woman ain't shit. Like, just think about it. Think about Damn, who that think woman of is. This big chest tattoo. She, she ain't shit. I bet you. Well, the lower. What about the lower? The lower back tattoo. The same thing. I feel like that's a different generation. Like that's a that's an era. Yeah, that's ours. a little older. Okay. What about, what about what about neck tattoos? Neck tattoos. I think you're good. That's. I don't think they're toxic, but yeah. I mean, it's just. It is out felony to me. <laughs> Walking felony. What about the, the lower leg? The females with the lower leg tattoos, like right above the ankle. About those, like the angle that, tattoos, that screams misdemeanor to me. That screams <laughs> misdemeanor to you. <laughs> those are think, that's more. I would think that's in the red flag category. Like, all right, nah, those, yeah, are the, those, are the, those are the those are the astrology girls. It's like the astrology girls that want to know what time you're born at. <laughs> What's your sign? They have a bunch of rocks and they rub them together. Oh, you want to know? Shout out to El Chapla. <laughs> Get them chakras lined up clean. Actually, happy birthday to El Chapa. She oh, yeah. Shout out to her. I can see where her age is. Uh, but uh, yeah, shout out to her, even though she's never on Twitter. But <clears throat> anywho, uh, yeah, so the tattoos in the face, that's a, a big red flag and a huge no-no for, for us up here. But uh, ooh, I kind of want to rearrange the topics, but we'll get to them, so I'm not going to do that. Um, we talked about this in the podcast before, but real quick. Um, apparently, uh, weed is being laced with fentanyl for all you guys that are uh, using the marijuanas. Um, and uh, if you don't know what fentanyl is, it's a very powerful, potent drug that pretty much, what is it, a grain of salt, I think, of fentanyl can kill you. Like an extremely small amount can, can kill a person. So apparently, what the, apparent, what the fuck? I've seen a dude who's pod, t- wow, a guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If you're a guy, you have a paw tattoo on your thigh. I got a lot of questions, but do you, King? But anywho, yeah, so I guess the theory that I've seen on on Twitter, wow, (laughs) the theory I've seen on Twitter is that the police are lacing weed with fentanyl, which I could, you know, the government has done sketchy stuff before. Like, if you're a drug dealer, why would you lace your drugs with something that would kill them? Because, like, how are you going to get money back if all your customer base is dead? dead. Right? So I, I can see that conspiracy. I, I think conspiracy theory Twitter may be on to something. I, I wasn't going to go with that, hey, if – I have to see what states these are in. But as weed and marijuana is becoming more um, acceptable to the mainstream society, yeah. that if the government can get all the, the weed users off the streets and overpaying for ounces at the dispensaries – then, you know, it's a win-win. I mean, the government's greedy. You know, get these people out of here, make them spend the money. At the dispensaries, they probably invest in to make them more money. So I could see something like that happening. But um, if you are a weed user, make sure you're getting it from a reputable source. uh, Because, again, fentanyl will kill you very quickly. So that's that's my hot take on that. Yeah, I I just, uh, I guess, caution people to buy your recreational or medicinal marijuana that comes with a receipt. Or grow it yourself if you're, you know, you're you got a green thumb. 
or whatever. Um, moving on, <laughs> Grammy nominations. Society's heading in that direction anyway. So. Yeah. What are the shout out to John the Parker? The topics. Um, so pretty much so far, what we talked about was the uh, there's somebody on YouTube talk about the Greg and Michael, Travis and Michael, William Bryant. <clears throat> I'm on Arbery trial, Sean Bell. If you don't know about that, Google them. Uh, face tattoos. And now we're on to uh, the Grammys after talking about some weed laced fentanyl. Um, yeah, so the Grammys, uh, if you follow my Twitter at Southbury706, I'm team fuck the Grammys because the Grammys is a bunch of bullshit. It is a scam. Um, it holds no value. Cap. No, no, no. You didn't let me finish. Oh. It holds value to artists as it can get them paid, but it has no value as far as artists actually being good. Like, artists should not validate themselves with Grammys. Cap. As, as if you Google it, how is it cap? Well, I would just say that two rappers that won Grammys last year rapped about it this year. Like to say that rappers shouldn't care about Grammys and that they, you know, artists shouldn't care about them, they do. Like you could say that they shouldn't, but they do. Like Megan Thee Stallion and Tyler Creator both on their latest albums rapped about, yeah, we got Grammys now. Like that's what they and Nas did too, actually. Nas did it on his last album. Um, and he, I, and I, he got his first Grammy after 30 years of rapping. And now he wants to rap about getting like you which, can say this all you want, but they which care about plays, it. Which plays into my statement of artists should not validate themselves in Grammys. But they That's do. Give you a bigger. <laughs> they do. Thirty <laughs> artists who haven't won Grammys: Abba. Here we go. <laughs> Queen. Patti Smith. Don't know who that is. She may be fly, but Jimi Hendrix, Katy Perry, The Beach Boys, Bob Marley, Janis Joplin, Tupac Shakur. Uh, Guns N' Roses, Nicki Minaj, what? Snoop Dogg, do I need to, Brian McKnight. I don't know who Bajork is. She might be fly too. The Who, The Ramones, Dirk Bentley. Don't know who that is. I might have to Google these people. Oh, Martina <laughs> McBride. Well, this is the old list. Nas has one, so take them off. Diana Ross does not have a Grammy. I don't know who Morris is. Ask them if they want one, though. Run DMC does not have a Grammy. Buster Rhymes does not have a Grammy. The Doors. Does not have a Grammy. That was a crazy movie too. Um, the Grateful Dead, <laughs> no Grammy. Notorious B.I.G., no Grammy. Buddy Holly, no Grammy. Iggy Pop, no Grammy. Journey, no Grammy. Fuck the Grammys. Ask them if they want one though. I'm if you ask saying, all those artists if they want one, they do. And they like would feel validated by it. I feel like Snoop is doing just fine without a Grammy. But he still wants one. If you ask him, hey, if this album gets nominated for a Grammy, and the Grammys are on TV, and they're like. For the 2021 Gram Grammys, the women, the winner of best rap album goes to, and you pause time right there, and you go to Snoop Dogg and you're like, "Hey, do you want to win this thing?" He's gonna say yes. If you go to Nicki Minaj, you want to win this? Yes, they're, they're gonna say yes. They want it. He's gonna say yes, but he shouldn't. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on my. I'm, I'm gonna open up my third eye. We should put more values in awards for people that properly evaluate our music. You should have that BT award and take that with as much weight as a Grammy because. Those people should know us better, or like the Source Award, whatever, whatever black rooted awards we have. We need to take credit and put weight in those because those people actually know music. The Grammys, I think, like, how does Snoop Dogg not have a Grammy? I think it's certain certain class of artists that care about it. Certain class, like I don't think honestly, I don't think Nas, the I wouldn't think Nas really cares about it, right? Like he rapped about it, King's Disease, King's Disease too. He rapped about getting the Grammy nom. He rapped about it, like. 
We can, and it's like you're putting your own like but you, personal but you also, perspective on it. Also, have a certain class of, of artists that really feel like that is the ultimate validation as far as their music. Like it, it, it places, it, it puts a stamp on everything that they've done. Like, hey, I won a grant. It, it kind of does. That's the yeah, biggest but, award you can get in music. But if, but if you know the the system is rigged, then why would you put? Well, the system is that? the system is changing. They are they are working on it, and I'm not going to deny that. Like, the Grammy historically has been trash when it comes to talking about like black music, rap music, R and B, all that stuff. I'm not ignoring the past, but they are getting better. But we're also not going to pretend like getting a Grammy, getting nominated for a Grammy doesn't matter and that these artists shouldn't care about it because of his past is is a considerable accomplishment. Getting me. nominated. You got to put that in front of my name now. When I go on tour, I'm Grammy, Grammy nominated like, artist. Grammy nominated. Like, that comes with something. I didn't win, but I was nominated for it. That check is a little bit bigger. That percentage is a little bit higher. I would, Chance said, I would rather people know my discography than win some BS award. Okay, it's not a BS award though. <laughs> like you can say that all you want, but these artists. Cardi B has a Grammy, and Nicki Minaj does not. She deserved that Grammy though. Okay. And I'm not saying Nicki Minaj doesn't deserve one, but we're not gonna act like it's a BS award. It's a major award. Like I, I really cannot believe that Snoop Dogg does not have one, but I do feel like that, like Snoop Dogg, his career has transcended the rap pocket alone. So it's like, hey, I may not be a Grammy Award winner, but you know, I got shows on daytime television. I got movies. I have all these other accolades. Corona commercials. So what, are, so what yeah. album? What yeah. album deserved a Grammy in Snoop's Doggy Style with ease? So let's look at let's look at the Grammy nominations of that year then, and let's see what he might have. And, and the album with sexual seduction too. That that <laughs> one he did with us. Snoop had some good albums with when he no, linked up. With I was, I would argue Snoop does not have a bad album. I didn't finish going through his discography, but I didn't hear any like mid from his projects. He has projects out now that are still pretty good. Like if you go listen to them, he has a song right now with uh, E Forty, um, Too Short. It's pretty good. Um, but also, I give credit to Snoop that he never tried to change his style to fit the times. Like a lot of right. other rappers, he stayed, like he stayed Snoop for Snoop has been Snoop for 20, whatever 30 years. Like, I, yeah. I respect that. Like, even the greats like Jay Z have tried to imitate the, the newer flows. And get hey, 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 it's the Easy. truth. Easy. It's the truth. I, I'm not dissing Jay Z, I'm saying it's, it's a fact. Like, Snoop stayed to his roots, you know, crypt all the way through to Corona commercials. I respect that. But let's see, cheating out. She don't even have a discography. Beautiful. The beautiful video was worth something. Uh, a, a, an Oscar, an Emmy, a Tony. Just, just to go back on uh, Doggy, Doggy Style, when Doggy Style came out, uh, there was no uh, Grammy for Best Rap Album, so he couldn't have been nominated anyway. Uh, uh, rap Grammy didn't start until 1996. Uh, and Doggy Style dropped in 1993. Did it do like singles? They didn't do they like rap wasn't even a category. Rap like, wasn't even a category at all. Nothing. Like no no rap anything. <laughs> I guess it wasn't acknowledged as music. But Gin and Juice wasn't the record of the year. Like as because record is just, I assume back then, a single song instead of the album of the year. Like and even, like, even then, sexual eruption was a big enough song where it transcended. I don't know. No, that is a year where we can look for a single and that particular album. That didn't win as huge as that song was. Probably Taylor Swift or something. 
Okay. And I, I, what, what Marcus is saying is that Grammys didn't realize till 96 they could make money off black people. That's pretty much what they realized. And now it's all kinds of awards for rap and hip hop out now. So God bless them for revolving, but I, I think it's more rooted in their own self interest. But um, I don't know who the nominees are for this year. I don't care. I think I heard the rap ones is what Kanye, Tyler Creator. Nah, it's J. Cole and Drake. And Kanye, yeah. Which is Damn, pretty. It's a, again? <laughs> it's a, it, that, those are that's a yeah. solid that's a solid domination class right there for best rap album. That's pretty solid. Like, I'm not sure if anybody from Griselda like put their album up for a Grammy because I feel like they should. Someone from that club that uh, group should have been nominated, but like, that's a pretty like that's a pretty solid list outside of maybe like Drake, like. That's a pretty solid little category right there. So if if he wins again with King Disease 2, I mean, you could probably make a case that he's had like the greatest run of all time, like because he'd be a two-time Grammy Award winning artist with classic albums rated by his peers. Like, that's great. I, I didn't even know. I mean, it was an okay album, but I thought one was better. I'm kind of shocked it's even nominated. Well, Nas is usually like nominated a lot. Like, if Nas drops an album, it's probably going to be nominated because it's quality material. But uh, I'm curious to see like the. I'm curious about this category because I want to see what happens with the Drake and Kanye beef. Because if Kanye wins, I feel like you know whatever. There's no beef. Like it's it's done. But if Certified Lover Boy takes the Grammy over Donda, I feel like Kanye's going to have a have a problem with that. And I think a lot of people would have a problem with that. And everybody should have a problem with it, honestly, because there's no way. I'm going to say it right now. There's no way Certified Lover Boy beats any of those albums that's on this list. Like for me, I, I think Tyler the Creator gets it. I think that's that's who's going to win it, win that, that award. That's what should happen. Hmm. If there, if the if the Grammys is is rigged and self serving, like I think they are, then they have to let Tyler win because he's. A young upcoming artist that commands a lot of attention has a big fan base that is only on the upward trajectory. The rest of these guys are. Older. Would that be his first? It'd be a second. It'd be a second. Yeah. Also, because "Call Me If You Get Lost" is a great album. Like, yeah, like, I don't, I don't want it to be like, oh, well, he should win it because he's young and he's hot. Because like, you could give it to Drake for those same reasons. Like, if you're just talking about like artistically and musically, like, "Call Me If You Get Lost" is a superior album out of all these. Maybe not. This quote, like Donda and Call Me If You Get Lost, are probably the top two for me. Like J. Cole and Drake are the bottom tier, and then Nas is kind of in the middle. J. Cole and Drake are bottom tier. Yeah, as far as those albums, as far as those albums in this category. I I run to is Call Me If You Get Lost. I haven't listened to King's Disease 2 since the first time I listened to it. I listened to it yesterday. I haven't listened to Certified Lover Boy in quite some time. I couldn't get into the off season. It just, I don't know. Something about it was it just wasn't for me. And with Donda, it's extremely long. I do. I am a big Yay fan, but this too long. Didn't he, he, just, the, he just put out like the deluxe edition as well, didn't he? Yeah, but he had Life of the Party on there. That shit is a masterpiece. Like that. That shit is. That shit is a. That is a. That is my song of the week. Just go ahead and pay <laughs> <it. laughs> Life of the Party from the Donda deluxe album is my song of the week. That is a. <laughs> that is an amazing song. Amazing track. Andre 3000 smoke. Even with the dude, that shit is that shit is that shit is amazing. Yeah, Ye gets the best out of out of his people, man. 
at this at this point of his career is crazy that he can still pull that out of artists as well as himself as far as production as well uh, when i first bears? heard of the um just just real quick with that song when i first heard life of the party i was so pissed off that it wasn't on the album like i was like it is no way in hell you cannot drop this um and when when it gets to the album it's just a mastered version it, it is a master class track and if you ever had any doubt of the goat level or why a guy is considered the goats by some listen to life of the party and listen to that verse it, it's a it's a rap track that pulls you in emotionally and takes you through this ride in that 83 cadillac while you know your uncle tells the story of you know when xyz happened about blah, blah, blah. it's this is it's just great it's everything about it is perfect it's a great song that was that was a major backfire by Drake, right? Like we would have never heard that had Drake not leaked that. Like he was, he's he's got to be kicking was. himself in the foot for that. He like, why was, did you do yeah. that? Yeah, that's like everybody's song of the year. Like everyone's like, this is the best song we've ever heard in our lives. Like, <laughs> and, you, and we would have never heard that had you not been petty. Like you should have kept it to yourself. Yeah, but uh, I think one of my one, one of my main gripes with the uh, the Grammys, I'm not, I'm not sure if he. Uh, submitted this album for like consideration but there's a best melodic rap performance for a solo or collaborative performance containing both elements of r&b melodies and rap i feel like take me home by vince staples should have been on there like i listened to that today and i was like this should have been grammy nominated like this is it has everything from the melodic uh tones of r&b and rap and high level rapping at that and i'm just like Damn, like I, you could probably make a case that Vince Staples is better than Certified Lover Boy, but I'm not sure if he actually submitted that album for uh, Grammy consideration. But yeah, you should you should listen to listen to Vince Staples if you're not. I would say that that's probably my my personal album of the year because I've listened to it like 300 times. That's that's the album I've listened to the most. Like if you look at my Apple Music, uh, like yearly whatever. Outside of the stuff that my kids listen to, it's Vince Staples and Silk Sonic. Like that's in my top like ten. It's like eight of their songs. So, real quick side note: uh, Donda's actually nominated for Album of the Year as well. So, mm-hmm. if he doesn't win for rap, he I think he has a good chance of winning just for Album. Well, of the year. I feel like if you're nominated for Album of the Year, if you're the only rap album nominated for Album of the Year, like I feel like the rap album of the year category is pretty locked up at that point. Like hmm. you can't be the you can't be considered for album of the year and not win rap album of the year. Like it doesn't work that way. It's almost like how they give you like you're the MVP and you play offense, but you're not the offensive player of the year. Like, how does that make sense? It doesn't make sense to me. Huh. Neither here neither. But uh, I'm not wow, Chan. This is a Christian, this is a Christian value based uh, Hey, don't let Rev see that. Rev gonna fight for that seat. Yeah, this is a uh, wow. That's this got this got very disturbing. Real quick. <sighs> yeah. So uh, if you guys watch the Grammy listen what you think I don't care, I'm not gonna watch it. Um <clears throat> ten year anniversary of Drake's Take Care, which people would argue with his uh classic album. Uh for the record, Drake does not have any classic albums, uh, but that's the one that people will will argue uh, that is his classic album. Uh, he doesn't. No, absolutely not. Um, <clears throat> but if uh, let's mm. see, if you guys have any thoughts, I was going to listen to it while playing Halo earlier, but I 
didn't get a chance to because I didn't really care. But <laughs> whatever whatever thoughts you guys have on uh, Drake's uh, 10-year anniversary, please feel free to <laughs> drop your takes at this time. Yeah, okay. I got I got some takes. I took some oh, notes. Take care. Um, to, to me, take care is still is still up there even after all this time. Um, me personally, I think nothing was the same. Was his best, his best, uh, his best album that he released. But I think after, honestly, I believe after that, you kind of sort of saw not a downward spiral in, ter- in terms of his music, but you just it, like he kind of let the foot off the pedal a little bit after nothing was the same. But take care is still up there. I just, I, I love how it was strung together from beginning to end, um, and I would say it's a classic album. But. I guess everybody's definition of classic album is different. So. Yeah, so like I was kind of in the same uh, bag as uh, Eric was. Like I, I thought that nothing was the same with Drake's best album, but I went back and listened to Take Care, and I'm like, wow, Take Care still holds up. Like it's still a great album. I thought uh, Drake was. I think this is the most authentic Drake that we've gotten in a very long time because this is this is the second album, and it's like. He's on his way to being famous, but he still wants to like be that regular guy and hang out with regular girls. And it's like, dog, you can't do that, man. Like you're Drake now. These girls, they don't look at you the same way anymore. And I feel like we got the most uh, vulnerable and authentic version of Drake, and we haven't gotten that for a while. And uh, I think Forty, who produced a lot of the songs on this album, did a great job. Like the fact that Drake kind of moved away from that is kind of like i understand it it's like you want to grow and you feel like artistically you can be something different if you move move away from the people that you came up with but i feel like 40 gets the best out of drake and i think 40 or drake needs to go back to that and i think if he's going to make a classic album he's going to need like a majority of 40 productions and and guidance uh the only thing if i had to put like nitpicking on it it seemed like he kind of got outshined on all his features as far as rapping goes like kendrick lamar Nicki minaj yeah Nicki minaj rick ross and lil wayne like i felt like they all kind of stole the show on his features and even now like if you look at back then to now like drake is the bigger star out of all of these rappers but like would you like definitively say like Drake is a better rapper than Nicki Minaj or Rick Ross or Lil Wayne or Kendrick. And it's like, nah, man, like these other rappers kind of got better as rappers and you kind of plateaued at a certain point. And it's, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's disappointing, but it's like, you know, this kind of shows you what could have been with Drake and he kind of never reached his full potential. Hmm. I thought take care, take care of made him a superstar. Was that the album that made him a superstar? I think it was. I think he was on his way with Take Care, but nothing was the same. Was when it was like, "Hey, I'm here. Like, this is I'm I'm the man right now." And and also, he he had a pretty crazy feature on. Like, I kind of want to go back and like look through. Like, when was the moment where it's like Drake is that dude? Like, there has to be a specific time, year, song, or something that happened where it's just like, all right, because I know at the beginning, like Wayne was putting him on everything, like. Every song Wayne did, it was yeah. Like Wayne was trying to there. Wayne was trying to put him out there. Yeah, that was right. that was that's what it was. But I think honestly, when we, I want to say, I want to say when we got started from the bottom. I think yeah. that might have been a time period where it was like, okay, Drake is 
on that elite level now. He's there. That that I would I would look at at that particular time period in his entire career and say, okay, that's when he established himself as like, hey, I'm Drake. I know I came on with Wayne, but eventually I'm going to be a bigger star than him. I will look at that particular point. Yep, that was on. Nothing was the same. Yeah, didn't do it for me. <laughs> to me, to me, the closest that Drake got to a classic album was the first five tracks of "If You're Reading This Is Too Late." It's not that an is, album. That is the best. It is an album. It's a mixtape. It's an album. <laughs> They're all an album is a mixtape. It's the same thing now. Me and Pratt had this conversation. Shout out to Michael Pratt. We had this conversation years ago because I asked him the same thing. In the streaming era, it, mixtapes now. Like it's it's now now. But whatever y'all want to classify it is, those first five tracks was the closest even we get to a class album to me. Legend, energy, ten bands, know yourself, no talent. Bangers, all of them. And then it goes quickly downhill with some weird shit in the middle. <laughs> Some crying, some simping, and then uh, he caps it off with 6 p.m. New York, which I wish he would give us an album of timestamps. All, all his timestamps? All the timestamps. <laughs> Let's not do that. The the one, the, the last one wasn't that great. It's not as great as everybody. No, had. damn that. I'll, I'd not. rather he, yeah. Why not? The, like like it. It. Absolutely. What was it called? Uh, what's that? Let me pull the track. Because I haven't listened to this album in a long time. EP of timestamps. Talking about seven a.m. Seven a.m. on Brittle Path. That the title was more intriguing than the actual song. The song wasn't great. Wasn't that great? The best timestamp he has is four p.m. in Calabasas. I will die on this hill. I will die on this hill. That's like my favorite Drake song of all time. I love that song. I love the beat. I love everything. Yep. That man was. That man was going in. Give me an album. Give me an EP of that. Yep. And I, I will I will turn to an Aubrey's angel. Shout out shout out to the homie. Uh damn, I forgot his name. But uh you know what you know who you are. Hey Ocho. <laughs> yeah, you know, Ocho, shout out to Ocho. I will turn to an Aubrey's angel if, if he were to give us that, but that that's not gonna happen. So uh, I'm not really too concerned with that. Uh let's uh, I want to double back real quick to that G boy talking about he likes the old Kanye. And I personally hate when people say the old Kanye. Shout out to uh, Andrew Solomon joining the chat. I, I hate that idea because, like, the idea is that you guys hate growth, and that that bothers. Boom. Me. I think like, it. Li- I think a quote like that limits it limits an artist. Like we shouldn't. I know we talked about it earlier that Snoop has pretty much been Snoop his entire career, but that doesn't mean every artist need to be that way. And I think for Kanye he needed to evolve especially him being a, produ- a producer right like that like if he was a rapper i could see that but his his into the music industry was being a quote-unquote prodigy producer right and, and people that are musicians or in production they're, they're not going to keep doing the same thing over and over again like that's how right. you kind of get played out mm-hmm. there's a few exceptions like the neptunes are one that kind of slid throughout their most of their career kind of doing the same thing over and over again like they really in recent history just now changed their their style no you're the 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 producer that has not changed and has not shown any growth growth swiss beats wait no swiss beats has a couple how is that not growth how how do you 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 don't get life well you probably do 
But like, how do you not have growth from college dropout to to life of Pablo or from or college dropout to Jesus? Like, what you guys want is you want Kanye West to stay in to stay in college. You want him yeah. to stay in college dropout mode for to stay in two thousand and six when it's twenty twenty one. Like, why would you? No. Why would you want to do it? Like, that's the problem with Drake. Drake is staying where he was at in his lane, which works for him, but he's not giving us anything more. Like, hater or love it, Kanye West may have some other people don't like in between it, but he's still a relevant rapper in the year 2021. You know what I'm saying? He's been out since what? Well, he's, he's been out since 04 as a rapper, 01 as an entity. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy that at the age of 44, he is in the, the, the running for top rap album of the year. Album of the year, even. Album of the year. Like, think of all the other artists, not just rappers, artists in general that are not here anymore because they kept trying to chase that same hit they had back in 2003, mm-hmm. could never catch that, that that beat again. And they're, you know, mm-hmm. just I mean, it, outside of Kanye West, like, how many other artists, producers can you say, okay, this person took a risk artistically, sonically, anything? Like, there's not a lot of them out there. You probably and can't. Even, yeah, and, and it, it, whether it worked or not, like you can say, like Kendrick took some chances with the Pimp a Butterfly, but like I love Beyonce. I love the music that she makes. She hasn't taken an artistic risk either. Like she's doing music that works for her. She's making great music, but she's not taking any chances. Like I remember when Awaits and Heartbreak came out. I remember when Jesus came out. I remember when Watch the Throne came out. Even College Dropout. There were people out there that were just like. Nah, I don't know about this one. I don't know about this style. I don't know if this is going to fit in what's going on today. Because College Dropout, in 2004, 2005, there weren't any albums that sounded like that outside of like the, no. the blueprint production-wise. No. When when Ada Waste and Heartbreak came out, there wasn't any albums that sounded like that. The same with Yeezus. And People weren't and, making and, that. And that's why, even though it's an album that is not really a favorite, that's why I appreciate what he did with Ada Waste and Heartbreaks. Because to me, his evolution to 808 and Heartbreaks led him to dark twisted fantasy in my opinion because it changed that sound it changed that flow for him and that's how that's what led to you know Jesus coming after that and then life of pablo like that i'm fine i'm fine with that when it comes to, to an artist like kanye like Bree said you know he's a producer as well you can't keep producing the same sound for 20 years you don't get tired of hearing you know through the wire type flow for 20 yeah. years like bro you gotta, you gotta switch that up and he's kind of a he's one of those kids that had like a lot of different interests growing up. Like he's he was into fashion, he was into anime, he was into movies, he was into all in he was a he was an art 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 school kid. Like you know how them I don't want to call them weird, but you know what I'm talking about, like the art school kids. Yeah. They're a little bit different. So you can't expect them to do the same thing, like kind of like how childish Gambino is, where a lot of his albums are a lot different than what the previous one was. Like you can't you don't know what to expect from Donald Glover. You don't know what to expect from Kanye West. You don't know what to expect from Kendrick. Like, there's certain artists out there that they're going to give you something different. Like, Mac Miller, he's another example of, like, someone that's going to take a chance artistically. Like, whether you like his music or not, a lot of his stuff has grown, and he does different things. And that's the same thing with Kanye West. There's other artists that are just, like, stuck in a rut where they just do the set. Like, the Migos. Like, I love the Migos, but they haven't shown any growth yeah, in a long time. Over 3 came out this year. Like, I completely forgot about that. Like, nobody gives a fuck about the Migos. That, that album strikes. It's just stuff that, like, you have you have to take a risk. Like, I, I, I'm i begging for artists to take more chances, to take more risk. And, like, 
I keep on uh, mentioning this because we're talking about Drake, but there was a time where he did an interview where he was making, I can't remember which album it was, but he was like, oh, I was going to do nothing but R&B, melodic songs, all this stuff. But then in the in the back of his mind, he was like, no, nah, I got to give someone for my rap fans. I got to make sure my rap fans are fed. And it's like, no, you don't have to do that. Like you, like you can say whatever you want about Certified Lover Boy, and if it was good or not, Certified Lover Boy still did numbers. People still listen to it. Scorpions so do. no matter, so no matter what Drake mm-hmm. does at this point in his career, there's nothing Drake should be scared to do. Like if you want to just come out oh, no. and put it, put your best simping foot forward and just croon and cry and do all this stuff, people might not like it, but you can take that chance, and people are still going to listen to it. You have your own label now. Who cares? Drake, Drake is on chance. that level. Drake is on that level. He can do whatever the hell he wants, and people and he won't, do and he won't no do it. No matter how it sounds, people are going to pay attention. He, he won't do it though. But he, yeah, he can push that envelope whenever he wants. Like you Rhapsody, know what? Rhapsody you, can't do it. <laughs> you, you know what just occurred to me in my head while you guys were explaining this and growth and evolution, I was kind of comparing like even a Michael Jackson. And his growth evolution and it even even back down to kind of like everything came full circle uh with that on, on the last album to even a Kanye West, like you have that that backpack rapper that you fell in love with, but he's grown so much. And like I was saying, like to me, even though I kind of felt like he peaked at my twisted dark fantasies. But you can even say he still grew, and there's people that like the the differences that are there with that in the life of Pablo. Like he's constantly changing and evolving. Like it's it's kind of just crazy how the great artists they do grow like that. You can look at Prince. He like if you go through his entire discography, the way that it came about and then it came back around, and he could pretty much change his style and still stay relevant. It, it's a gift, and I can see why some people may say, hey, I prefer this period or that peak of the person, and they fell off, but they're still able to create music and stay relevant so long in their careers. That's exact, Honestly, man, that's the same way I look at Jay. Like, I don't need a classic album from Jay anymore. He's already done it. So that's why 444 came out. It was a different sound. It wasn't Blueprint J, it wasn't Blueprint 2, it wasn't Life and Times, but it was different. It was something that, as as um, Marcus pointed out, it was something that he wasn't afraid to, to push out there. Like, I'm Jay-Z, I'm going to put my own sound out there, whatever I want to do, you like it, cool. Same way with Drake, same way with Kanye. So I appreciate it. So and with it, a lot and of it, people, real quick, that <clears throat> hate on 808s and Heartbreaks, which was, again, went three times platinum, triple platinum back back in those days. And also what a lot of people miss out is that there was no cursing on the album, which many rappers cannot pull up that feat. Um, for all the people that are critical of Jesus, double platinum, right? All the people critical of the life of Pablo, double platinum. You know what I'm it saying? Wasn't, like, it wasn't the best, his best albums, but you're not gonna sit here and tell me during that time period that that album did not fit what we were listening to at that point yeah, in time. If 808s and Heartbreaks came out today, it would probably be the highest selling album, like right it now. Probably there's a lot of a lot of simping and crying that goes on, and it the probably would be with the young folks. So a lot of but emotions, a lot of emotion. Exactly, exactly what we were listening to during that time when it came out, like that album fit. Like we were listening; everything was auto tune, or every other song was auto tune at that point in time. So why would it? 
why would we look at it like it's a bad album? He put that album out at the right time, in my opinion. Man, I you 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 said a mouthful there. I would listen to uh Robocop and I, I would listen Paranoid. to like, yeah, Paranoid. I, it's some songs they they were on repeat. The album was on repeat for a while. That 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 album really resonated with me. That's what we were that's what we were listening to. Like literally, everybody was using autotune then. So why not why not Kanye? Let's see what, what it sounds like when Kanye puts out an entire album with an autotune type melody to it. Like again, it wasn't his greatest album, but well, I was gonna I don't I, I know I tweeted about this the other day, but I don't think I've ever said it on a podcast. Like what made me like actually fall in love with AOS and Heartbreak, what made me like realize the genius level of music that it was. So like when it first came out, I was like, okay, this is all right, but I didn't love it. A few years go by, I'm in a long distance relationship, like going on two to three years, and it's the night before she's supposed to fly into town. That night, she calls me and says, it's over. We break oh, up. Goodness. Like that night, like I'm supposed to pick her up <laughs> from the airport in the morning. And I'm like, what? And then I wake up in the morning thinking like, this wasn't real. Like that was a dream because it was kind of late. And I'm like, yo, this didn't really happen. I call in the morning like, hey, are you still getting on your flight? Like I'm going to be at the airport in a few hours. We're still good. She was like, no, it's over. And I was like, just shattered. And I laid on my couch. And I played 808s and Heartbreaks for three days straight. I did not get off of the couch. And I just kept playing that album over and over in my head. <laughs> I could not get like, But that, that's what it took. Like, that's so cold as the winter wind when it breeze. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> now, I've been there too, man. I've been there too. Honestly, I listened to that. I had that on repeat during the breakup too, man. Honestly. Yeah, but but sometimes you need that. There's certain albums where it's just like you're not ready for it at that time. Like you listen to It Away's and Heartbreak and you're like, oh, I'm in a great relationship. Everything is fine. Like it doesn't hit for you because they're like, I'm not trying to feel sad. Everything is good. Right. But when everything is bad and you still want to you want to sit in that and you want to sit in that pain and that sorrow and you just want to just yeah. deal with you just want to like yeah. lay there and die. Yeah. Now it was in heartbreak makes sense. You're like, yeah. okay, now I get Love lockdown. Now I understand yeah. bad news. Coldest winter makes sense now. Like everything welcome, sucks. Welcome to heartbreak. Yep. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, one of my keys being able to get over a relationship. I go, um, you know, and like you said, I, I just want to drown in my own sorrow is I, I go to 808 to heartbreak and I go to the dream 1977. That I just pulled the album back up for this 808 and heartbreak. I mean, you're right. Heartless, um, you know, paranoid, love lockdown, RoboCop, streetlights. Uh, Coldest Winter was like a really, like, I, I played that song so much. Like, they don't do the list like they, well, they do the list now they didn't back then. But I guarantee you, uh, that year in 2008, 2009, I would have, uh, Coldest Winter would have been like one of my number one songs played. Um, just, amazing with jeezy that was amazing was more like that song when you you got that heartbreak but you you your friends trying to invite you out you need to get out get out of the house to get your mind off your breakup or whatever like you'll play amazing like it, it fit that particular tone so yeah it i get it i was right there too man 
so for me, uh, that was not my experience at all. Um, I, I enjoy crazy. Yeah, you I enjoy music and music production. That's why I like Jesus when a lot of people don't, as well as it was heartbreaks. Like the production that it was heartbreak was was crazy. Like Robocop, like the baseline on that, how he programmed that shit. That shit was was great. Like dun, 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 and look, everybody clowns Jesus, but that album produced one of his best songs ever in his entire catalog. <laughs> Blood on the Blood on the That song is Kanye's ever made, ever produced. Like, so you can, people can clown Jesus all they want. Jesus gave me a, gave me some kids too. So again, it's all a part of everyone. Even for that one, I always call like Bound Two is is a, is another one that I would put high up in his catalog. Like, I love the production on that. I was with that earlier yeah. today. Bum 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 Yeah. Um that shit is hard. That hard. Yay's the goat. That's that's the bottom line. This is uh Yay Stan episode. <laughs> yes, yes. I could do this all day. Yeah, yeah. Ada was hard was great. Uh Yeezus is cool. Like I, I'm not gonna lie, like I <sighs> unpopular opinion, but like I like blood on the leaves, but I don't love blood on the leaves. Like I, I don't maybe blood on the leaves. I love blood on the leaves. Uh shit. What is my favorite song? I like uh, On Sight. It was pretty cool with the, the production on that yeah. one. I, I think once you realize like what he was going through at that time, mm-hmm. like he yeah. really puts his life and experiences yeah. into the music where it's just like yeah, the frustration levels that Kanye was going through at that time was just like, okay, I'm just going to put this all in my music. Like, yeah, I'm going to put my life experiences in here. Like the frustration that was going on with like, he's trying to get into the fashion world and he's not... Yeah. He doesn't feel like he's being respected enough. Yeah. And it's like, how do I lash out at them? Like, how do I? Everybody's talking about his relationship with Kim. So he's like, yeah. yo, let's let's make Bound 2 all about me and Kim falling in love or whatever. Like, I, I was all for it. Yeah. Send It Up was another great song, too. Um, yeah, yeah, with the uh, 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 fuck Um. So, and then also, just staying on Yeezus, I think what it said, it took him... What eight days to make Jesus? I think I'm reading to on make Jesus to make Jesus. <laughs> That's great. Nah, that can't be right. Looking, according to DJBooth.net, looking back at 2013 Wall Street interview with veteran producer Rick Rubin, the album's executive producer, we discovered that Wes actually wrote five of Jesus's ten tracks in just two hours. Wow. See, that's why he's a genius. Goat. That's crazy. <laughs> that's why. I didn't know that. Somebody, no other but if you look at it, that's that might that might be why the album because to me that album is really sequenced well too and it flows well. And the total album is only 40 minutes. So that I could see how that would make sense. That's and honestly, I saw somebody pose a question on Twitter a couple weeks ago saying what makes Kanye West a genius and it's like it's things like that it's little shit like that I saw that I saw that tweet I blocked that that person that makes makes Kanye a a genius right there the fact that you can you can take a certain sound that a lot of people are iffy on and you can make half an album in fucking two hours off of it like right there so On, a, on another podcast or on Twitter, if go back and listen to the Nas Untitled album, like Kanye West could have made that same album and it just sounded way better. Random thought. Also, too, like as far as like Kanye West 
kind of being able to do different things. Like another, I think, hot take on the podcast I made, just going back to Drake since they're having their little beef. Like, uh, could Drake make the Black Panther soundtrack? There's a lot of rappers that could not make that soundtrack. Could he? Make a lot of, it? but definitely lot, Drake could make that. No, a lot of the a lot of the people who put uh, like yeah, could. If you because like if we talk about it right now, like everybody's like, oh, it's it's Kendrick, Drake, and J Cole. Like you think J Cole is making that Black Panther album? Because I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's making it either. Mm. Yes. With all the stuff with his white mom, I don't know about that, bro. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a problem. I just know that them, them bars ain't going over on the Black Panther soundtrack. He's not going to put those bars on there. I'm not going to talk about that. He's going to talk about the, the crime that we're seeing. He's going to talk about uh, Ahmaud Arbery and, and Sean. That's what he's going to talk about. He's going to put the bars on the Miguel Love track. That's what he's going to do. Okay. So, all right. Yeah, this is. I want to move on to the next topic. Jay Cole is sick, man. He's a sick man. <laughs> so this this is actually a great a great topic for for Eric, real quick. And I, I I'm I'm gonna block this person on Twitter just because it's a preposterous take. But um, your man's RG three Robert Griffin third tweeted out that Florida should hire Tim Tebow as his next head coach. Let him be a passionate motivator and recruiter to restore it to greatness. Surround him with three to four previous head coaches on staff to help develop the vision and implementation of the program. Let the OC and DC coach. Eric, I'd like to know your opinions on that. Why not just name the OC the damn head coach then? You want your grand opening, grand coach. Your coordinators to coach the team, but you want to give him the title as head coach. I don't get that. Oh, my God. Yo. What's the point of that? The quote, the quote retweets. He was getting packed up. Um, shout out to the homie of uh, four verse. He he had the same kind of thought I had along the same lines. He said, "Hire someone that needs three or four qualified coaches around them instead of hiring one of those three or four. Just make them the head coach. coach. No, is you you're hiring a guy to make it make him a head coach because of how he motivates the team? Seriously." <sighs> When Tim when Tebow's career will be as as a as the head coach of Florida will be as long as his career as a tight end in the NFL for the Jacksonville Jaguars, hey man, look, uh, because it it would be a complete disaster. Well, as the person is actually wearing a Florida Gator T-shirt, when it's, it's I don't want to see that. Happen. It's fourth quarter against Georgia, and the game is tied. It's three minutes left. I'm not trying to hear T- Tim Tebow motivate me. On you know what we need to do, I know what the hell we need, what we need to do. What plays are we gonna call, bro? Like, don't try to give me no motivational speech. Now is not that time. You had your time in the locker room. That's I no. It, it sounds like Tim Tebow should be the strength and conditioning coach. If you want him to motivate people, motivate him in the gym. Do. That's all he should do. I'm I'm fucking tired of hearing this man name around football. Like seriously, he sucks for everything. <laughs> but he gets a chance to do everything though. He always gets an opportunity. Passionate speech in the locker room. It's like, oh my God, he's the greatest human being ever. No, man. Tim Tebow is a regular ass dude with big arms that can say a speech well. That's it. He can't throw. He can't catch. He can't block. In about 10 years. How old is Tim Tebow? He's like 35, 34. He gotta be. He can't swing a fucking bat. 34. Okay, in 10 years. Mark this down. In 10 years, people are going to be like, you know what? Tim Tebow should run for president. He could do it. Or senator. Or governor. Some sort of political party. Like, they're going to say it. Like, why not? 
what can't Tim Tebow do? <laughs> like he can't play football. <laughs> I'm trying to find he can't play baseball either. I'm trying to find the tweet, but the, that shit, man. Like, the way this was kind of encapsulated was that essentially Tim Tebow was a make-a-wish kid. Like, hey, you want to play baseball? Sure, why not? Give it a shot. Hey, you want to be an NFL tight end? Why not? Hey, you want to be a coach? Of a let me, let me, let me ask you this mind. question then. Do you think 17, 18-year-olds in today's society are going to listen to Tim Tebow and commit to Florida because Tim Tebow is talking to him? It's going to be Dan Campbell at Florida. Exactly. I think there. Are, I think he could get some kids, like a certain, a particular kid, to come to the school. But you're not going to get like the kids that want to go to the league. You're not getting those kids. No, because they know where to go. Yeah, because they're going to ask you, "How are you going to get me to the league?" That's what they want. Tim Tebow's not going to get you to the NFL. Well, I'm not quite sure I'm going to get you to the league, but I'm going to pull everything out of you as a player, and I'm going to make sure you give us 110 percent on that field every Saturday. Percent. It's not going to get hurt. Nick's on the way. You can leave. Yeah. You will talk to Nick Saban. How are you going to get my mom out there? How are you going to get my mom out there? You want these rings? Yeah, exactly. Hmm? I want my mama to drive an Escalade. Yeah, I got you. What do you want me to sign, coach? Yes, yeah. we will hook you up. Like, like they tried to get Tim Tebow on The Bachelor at one point. Like, they let him do anything. It doesn't matter. I'm surprised he's not like an MCU character. I wish you know what I wish somebody would expose him, man. There's got to be some. There's got to be some dirt on this. Man. What do you mean? He's already been exp- he's been exposed enough, in my opinion. I mean, Especially on the football field, like you <laughs> suck, dude. Stop, stop it. Oh my god! There, uh, somebody brought up Tim Tebow the other day. Something. Ah, fuck. Oh no! So they were trying to bring up Tim Tebow when uh, Cam got re-signed to the Panthers. They were like, oh. You got this. There's a lot oh, of yeah, a lot of, a lot of dog whistling. Yeah, a lot of dog whistling. But yeah. it's like, oh, well, Tim Tebow's still unsigned, and he got should this out here. I'm like, some Republican <laughs> person, I blocked them, but I'm like, dog, come he on. He should remain unsigned. Man, they were they were talking about for a little bit. Honestly, they were talking about making Tim Tebow the new co-host of First Take. Well, does he have his own day for First Take? It's like Mondays or something, or no, Tuesday. I'm talking about permanently. He's like, not good at TV, though. They were kicking that idea around. He's not good at TV. And I was like, please don't do that. He can shit. barely talk. He's like, yeah, guys, the Florida he's, he's Gators. Every, he's on every Friday. He's on every Friday. He's and, maybe, and maybe maybe I'm tripping, because I don't watch First Take outside of the clips I see on Twitter. But is he good at TV? <laughs> what the heck? I need to really get motivated. <laughs> 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 the thing is with him, and oh and it's God. it's kind of sort of what they're doing now with just about everybody that, that they bring on as a special guest, but he's very limited as a guest. Like, there's only certain things you can talk about when it comes to Tim Tebow. And honestly, you can just keep it at college football. That's about it. But, when, you know, you're in the midst of the NFL season, and then NBA is on the way, and then now college basketball is here. It's like, yeah, he's kind of sort of out of his territory at this point. But they honestly were thinking about that. Like, they were kicking that idea around. Let's make Tim Tebow the new Max Kellerman. Let's not do that. That is disrespectful. That is the please. That Tim Tebow can't even hold a, a, a candle. We can't even hold Max Kellerman's jockstrap. Let's Kellerman. not fucking do that. Please. I do not want to hear any type of meetings about him five days a week. No, fuck that shit. Yeah, he's he's absolutely, yeah, hard pass. But I'm, I'm yeah, um, yeah. Shout out to Ponte Beach Beach, um, but actually not shout out to Ponte Beach Beach. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, uh, 
that's a terrible decision. Whoever is like, yeah, 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 no comment, man. No comment. But why would Robert Griffin even? Well, I know why he tweeted it out, but I, I this kind of falls to the, the category for me of people falling into like Twitter bait. Like, you're literally doing what, what they want, man. Like, don't feed the trolls. They'll go away. I guess I guess it's kind of sort of falling into he's also well, I don't and I don't know why individuals feel this way, honestly, but there's there's certain people who think that whenever whenever there's an opening in college football, that it's always best to fill it with somebody that's been in the program and been like an historic name in that program. So of course that's why he throws up Tim Tebow for Florida. And it's like that doesn't make him a great candidate for a head coach just because he won a Heisman and a national championship in Gainesville. Like that, that doesn't mean that's the best situation for him. That doesn't mean that's the route Florida should go. Cause if they go that route, they're going to get laughed at. Let's just be honest. And again, you're going to hire him and then you're going to hire three or four assistant coaches. That's probably been former head coaches. And then you're going to allow the OC and the DC to coach the team but he's going to get the tag as head coach. Like, that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But, okay. Oh, shout out to Jonathan Parker listening in the Netherlands. That's pretty cool. Oh. Hey. Why are they racist in the Netherlands? Is it, is it safe for black folks out there? I might, come, I might pull up. <laughs> <laughs> I might pull up. State route. <laughs> Netherlands. What I know about the Netherlands. They got the, the fans, the spinning, uh, spinning fans. Clogs. Clogs. That's what they taught us in school about the Netherlands. Clogs. Yeah. That's lit. I might have to Google the Netherlands, but um, I, I think that's uh, about it. I, I did want to really briefly talk about the uh, the new uh, COVID variant that's out, popping in South Africa, Omicron. Um, folks. Oh, black folks, I'm just, Okay. Well, in America, Jonathan, unfortunately, we, we have to because um, we'd be out here getting shot. So, um, but yeah, hopefully, I don't know if they'd be shooting folks out there in the Netherlands. But, um, but yeah, the new Delta or the new COVID variant, Om- Omicron, is popping in South Africa. So, uh, hopefully, it don't make it here. Uh, again, wash your hands, wear a mask, do all that stuff, get vaccinated, stay oh, off the, uh, you know, the horse medication that's not going to really help you We're still um, telling people to do that shit after all this time you would you would be surprised the things the things that i read and the things that i hear it's uh pretty pretty disgusting um <clears throat> oh no oh you know what so actually jonathan real quick a quick topic that i have um and this will kind of teach you a little bit about some stuff you don't know um, I listened to this podcast series called South Lake. Um, it was pretty much about a town, an affluent town in uh, Texas, where there were some issues, right? <clears throat> I guess there was a school dance and a bunch of white kids were yelling out the N-word and edited rap songs, making the black students uncomfortable. And then after uh, after that uh, party, there's an after party where the white students were on Snapchat yelling the N-word multiple times, right? And then there was a plaque dedicated to one of the uh, one of the people in the town who was like a former Dallas Cowboys offensive lineman who passed away. And uh, <clears throat> the lady, her her husband, went to go show her family members the plaque. And 
it says something to affect that I'm going to get you niggers on the plaque of this black man that was in the city. So she's like, hey, town, we need to work on some things here. And that essentially turned into the town uh, electing a conservative mayor to kill all diversity, equity, and inclusion training in these school systems. So uh, my question that came from that for hashtag on the ad is, as a black person, would you prefer, I don't have any kids, as a black person, would you prefer to raise your kids in a predominantly black area or a predominantly white area? Anybody, nobody, John Black, what <laughs> toxic trade? What, what do you got? I guess he's not paying attention. All things equal, like all things equal, yes, uh, preferably in a black area. Like, I don't know, man, there's just certain things that you just can't, you just have to learn growing up in life as a black person. You can't really get that being the only black person or one of the few black people in your school or in your neighborhood like you there's a certain cultural things that you have to learn and like i i as a father can't teach them everything like i don't know what the new slang is or what people are talking about like what what black kids are talking about now but they can't pick up those things like there are certain things that i learned uh riding the bus to school riding the public bus to school oh. there's certain things that i learned there, like, man. you know, going to public school with a lot of black kids are certain things that you pick up and that you learn that you're not going to learn if you go to a predominantly white school or if you go to a school where, you know, there's not a lot of diversity. Like, there's just certain things that you're not you're just going to miss out on culturally. And I think that stuff is important. So, like, say what you will, but I would prefer my kids to be to, to grow up in a place uh, majority Negro. Um, I want diversity. So, Chan, are you saying Chan says she want diversity, but no, no what? And while she types that, Eric, what are your thoughts? You actually have a you have a child. So, what what are your thoughts on that? I right there, Marcus. Like, I, I feel like there's certain experiences that you will not get in an, in a predominantly white climate. Like, it's just I rather not. Not to mention, I have to look at it from an aspect of like. If he's we're growing, if, if if he's being brought up or if he's living in that area, then I at some point am going to have to interact with the parents in that particular area as well, and I don't want to interact with a room full of Bob and Johns and Kevin's. Like, nah, we're not going to do that. Um, yeah, I rather, like I said, I rather him just, I rather him, you know, build. <clears throat> I'd rather him, you know, build himself and grow as a man in, in you know, in our culture, honestly. So and nobody yeah. wants nobody wants their kid to be like some white person's token black friend. You know, like we all know that one black person who only hangs out with white people and all the white people only hang out with that one black friend. Like, oh, that's my black friend. You don't I don't want that for my kids. I don't want the I don't want someone to point to him and be like, that's my black friend. Like He's the yeah, only one. He, he's definitely going to have to go through that, or that child is definitely going to have to go through that, for sure. You're, that there's going to be times where your child may want to go out, your child may want to go to a dance, and your child is the only black one in the room, maybe, or one of the few black ones in the room, and it's like culturally awkward, of course. Yeah, and and there are certain things like, and it sucks to say this, but it's a it's a fact. Like there's certain things 
that white kids will do and get away with that my black ass kids will not be able to get away with. And like yeah. I hate I, I I hate that I'm going to have to explain that to them, but that's where we're at right now. We're still in that place where it's like, hey, I know what, what you see, what your friends are doing. I know what you saw, what what Connor is over there doing, but you cannot do that. You mm-hmm. don't do that. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jonathan, uh, he, he made a good point. Humanity is a plague species. Humanity is one. <laughs> Is one race races don't exist uh too little generic variation in humans race is not scientific but cultural yeah I, I i agree people that are smart understand it but like in the united states like race is kind of everywhere like you really can't escape it um if you go back and watch the earlier part of the the podcast or the youtube video where we talk about the ahmaud aubrey case like he he literally got murdered for being black running in a white neighborhood like it was a pretty big trial enough and made it over there to the netherlands but like literally because he was black he was murdered and then also because he was black and that there were white people in positions of power they tried to cover it up so um <clears throat> and then also with the sean bell thing like there's there's a lot of instances like i'm not maybe i don't maybe your perspective of like americans uh from like the netherlands that everything is about race um Okay, American use have a huge amount of problems. I agree. Um, it's just like for us over here, like a lot of that stuff is uh, sensationalized in the media, and it becomes yeah. big stories. But it also still is important, though. But yeah, he, I, I get what he's trying to say, but at the same time, it's like we're we're at a place we in, in the country where <laughs> we we in the trenches. Yeah, like we can't we in the mud. Like we we can't we can't just avoid it as much as we want to. It's going to yeah. show its face. It's racism. Racism will never die, man. I hate to say that, but it will never go away. It will always, and, honestly, if you look at it, that's pretty much how this country was fucking built. And, and I don't want to, I don't want it to come off as that, like I don't want my kid to like, or my kids to experience any other types of cultures or be around other people. But I'm just answering the question, like if if I could, if I had to pick between white or black, I'm picking black. But in general, I would like my kid to kind of experience multiple cultures and multiple perspectives and go to different areas like we're that's kind of what we're big on we're big on like hey you know maybe we might live in a certain area but let's you know take a plane trip to a different coast or to a different country so you can see how other people live and operate like i'm i'm going to be big on that when my kids get older i don't want them to just be stuck on just one type of mindset like hey let's show them how other people live culturally and you know food-wise, music-wise, different things like that. But just for the question, it was predominantly black or white. And so so I, I see what Shan's saying, um, understanding how white people operate um, to protect yourself, which is, is true. But like, I guess the same way, like I grew up around a lot of white people too, but it, it does show you that. But it, it's like you kind of look at other people that didn't have to kind of deal with some of this stuff. Like, damn, it would have been kind of cool to live in diverse areas. Like, yeah, even if like, uh, wait, what's unrealistic? Like, I would say the perfect place for anybody to grow up, if if this could be imitated everywhere across the world, would be um, New York and New Jersey. <clears throat> If, if that that represents like the true melting pot that America is kind of sold as, because you have people from all type, types of races, ethnicities, uh, religious beliefs, cultures, mm-hmm. it's it's truly a melting pot. Like being there, seeing a Muslim person in the hijab is not 
that's just like a normal everyday thing. Mm -hmm. Now, growing up in Georgia, if you see that, they're probably being called a terrorist of some sort. Right. Like we had a we had an Indian cat that went to my school, and like I, I he, he wore a, a turban, which I'm like, all right, that's dude with the turban. But as people get older and get into their get into their quote unquote tribes, he he becomes labeled something that he's not. And yeah. I feel bad because like I'm sure he caught hell after 9/11 because a lot of those those cats that were perceived to be, you know, Muslim or Middle Eastern were all kind of categorized in the same bubble. But like in New York, you see that shit all the time. Like it's very crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. I was in Brooklyn a couple months ago. It's crazy how much of the Amish population is in is in Brooklyn. It's yeah. more than you actually think it would be. I mean, they're, right. and they, it's just like you said, it's so multicultural there. You, you're going to run into a little bit of everything. So Hasidic Jews, like I, I've never seen a Hasidic, a Hasidic Jew in like real life or Jewish person. In real life till i lived in new jersey like i'm like i always saw that on tv but they're just living their normal life africans like middle eastern pakistanis like everything up there like it's great food too great food like definitely get a lot of diverse food but yeah yeah for me yeah definitely the thing is what i would i would say i guess to chan like i would rather them grow up around black people right so they can understand like their worth as people right when you're not around a lot of people who like yourself you're not going to see that that type of what excellence would be, right? Like a majority of black people don't have black features, right? Um, <clears throat> and also too, like once you go out into the quote unquote real world, you're gonna get all the experience of white people, whether you like it or not. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not always gonna get that opportunity to be surrounded by an entire classroom of black people. But when you go to the real world, you're definitely gonna be surrounded by an office full of white people. You know what I'm saying? So we should, you have that kind of that built-in support system or understanding that, hey, I'm just as good as these people, if not better. But if you're coming from a predominantly white area, you know, we, we've all been in the classroom during Black History Month where it gets super awkward for no reason. I'm just like, all right, we're talking about slavery, people looking at you crazy, like, bro, like, what's 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 going on here? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and the whole tokenism thing, like, if, if they talk about slavery. Yeah, well, yes. yeah. <laughs> nowadays, <laughs> pr yeah. probably not. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, the, the, I mean, for me, it's honestly, it's, it's kind of simple. Like, I want to be able to get in the car with my friends and listen to rap music, and not have to worry about, oh, is he gonna say an N word here? Is he saying nigga back there? When I'm listening to Vince Staples, like, I don't want to have to worry about that, and I don't, I don't have to do that with my black friends. Like, my the the guys that I hang out with, that I ride around to, and that I ride with, and that I listen to music with, and I have conversations about. We talk freely. We talk like ourselves. There's no, oh, I got to censor the way I talk. Like we can't talk about, or, or you you don't have to worry about writing with with uh, with white folks and them changing to rap music just because you're in the car. Like this is not something you know yeah. do. So don't don't change it to rap just to make me feel good because I'm sitting in your car. Like yeah, it's... yeah, because I know that's not what you listen to. <laughs> exactly, like, you wasn't listening to this. <laughs> right, <laughs> rock what you was listening to because like black people listen to every, like they li we listen to other stuff too. Like it's not just rap. All I, I I know on this podcast we talk mostly rap on here, but we listen to a lot of different things also. And it's just like I don't know. I, I'm I'm just more comfortable around around my people, and I feel like a lot of people are. I don't think that's weird. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's normal. So shout and I want that Jonathan. for my kids. Shout out to Jonathan. He said, "If I had to choose, I like black people more than white people. Hardly any genetic differences, no races, but black people culturally have a much more way to deal with other people." And I agree with that. Like, 
like I think I think for a lot of white people that are exposed to black people, they think that like black people are just like I don't know, angry thugs and gangsters. I'm like, nah, we like we don't bother nobody. Like we're no, very it's, no, it's to be like we're just it's the total, dog, like it's the total opposite. Like black culture is the most welcoming culture in the world. Like rap music, sneaker culture, slang, hairstyles, jewelry, everything that black people make cool is what everybody wants and what everybody gravitates to. Like we're, there's no gatekeeping when it comes to the black community, when it comes to black culture or anything. Like rap music, if you're white, you can come through. If you're Mexican, you can come through. If you're whatever, you can come through and we embrace that. But let us try to go to predominantly white music or predominantly Mexican music and try to get into those spaces. It's probably not gonna happen or it's gonna be very hard. Our culture is the most copied culture in the world just like, picked apart <laughs> regularly is everywhere so, i was when i was uh stationed in south korea for a year you'd be amazed how many koreans are walking around in jordans listening to rap music uh dressing like us not necessarily talking like us but still like they they take a portion of our culture and what we do over here and they and they mirror it it's it's crazy like it's but like you said, Morgan, like we're we are welcoming to an extent, but I think too welcoming sometimes. A yeah. little bit. Uh, that that uh, <clears throat> perfect example of too welcoming. Too welcoming is uh, the uh, I can't remember the racist white dude's name uh, in Charleston. <clears throat> uh, there's been so many uh, mass shootings and shootings. I can't remember all the names. The one at the church. Yeah. Who was that psychopath's <sighs> name? Dylan Roof. Yeah, yeah they welcomed him right into the church. They didn't judge him like, hey, man, they didn't look at him crazy like, hey, this little white dude wants to get some Jesus. Bring him in. Open, <laughs> open arms. Right. You know what I'm saying? But kind of we, we pot tonight. Uh, so Shan's <laughs> uh, comment is what Marxists was saying regarding country music. So how how the black community culture is more welcoming. We can go back to little Nas X when he put out Old Town Road and white people did not want to accept that as a country song, even nope. though it was clearly a country song. It's a country song, right. Yep. I but, got into several debates about that. But because it had, you know, a couple of hi-hats, a little bass to it, they're like, oh, no, I ain't a country song. But as soon as Billy Ray Cyrus jumps on there, oh, shit, they popping now. They cooking. Oh, we going we to take this for country music now. Like, we have to, we have to be validated by other, other people. But, like, no, if you listen to this song, it's a country song, right? Like nobody trips when they put out these uh, hip hop country honky tonk badonka donk. You know what I'm saying? Like you were tripping when that came out. It, it, you cook if you like it, cook. But Old Town Road comes out and all hell breaks loose. It's a problem. And, and like like I said, like we are too welcoming because like I go. Well, I I recently started going to a lot of concerts. Hey man, there's a lot of white people at these concerts. Like a lot of these rap concerts. A lot of white people there. Not a lot of niggas oh, yeah. in there. I'm like, yo, what is going on? Like, how did all of y'all get these tickets? And and you could probably say the same thing about uh, those sneaker apps. Like, I see a lot of people trying to get these shoes and these Jordans, and I see a lot of a lot of people that I follow are black. And a lot of them are just like, yo, I ain't get these shoes. I'm not getting these shoes. And who do you think are getting these shoes if we're not getting them? Like, I don't know if it's a scam or not, but it's just like. We're getting pushed out of our own culture by other people, by outsiders, to the point where we can't even experience it and enjoy it. Like some people can't go see J. Cole because Tanner's mom bought him four tickets for him and his friends to go see. And we couldn't even get one. You know, we can't get the new Jordans because 
you know, Ethel's mom uh, wanted her daughter to have him. Like, I don't know. It's in the box. Ethel. There's a girl the named Ethel in today. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> in certain neighborhoods. Ethel and Larry are out <laughs> cooking. So. But you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we yeah. I feel like we're kind of getting pushed out of it where it's just like we can't get our own stuff. Like, we've been, like, I don't want it to be a thing where 20 years from now, people are talking about, like, uh, like the the rap nominees for rap album of the year are five white rappers the way it is with country music because country music was our music but time has gone past and time has gone by to the point where black people forget like oh that's our genre of music like ray charles and all them boys like and all uh, and all those women back in the day created that sound like that was our sound but as time went by and people kind of got pushed out of it now we've lost country music we've lost rock and roll we're losing pop music, and eventually, give it you know lose maybe forty years, we're losing recipes out here. <laughs> we might lose rap also. It's like, but the thing is, what what? But this is what makes black people so resilient. You lose rock and roll, but we get pop music. You know, we lose country music, but we get rap music. Like we're we're always innovating. We're always creating. We're always looking for the next thing. We're always ahead, mm-hmm. but it's still like we shouldn't we shouldn't have lost that. We shouldn't have lost country music. We shouldn't have lost pop. We shouldn't have lost rock and roll. We shouldn't have lost those things. That should still be ours. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, you know, we 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 are we are very uh, open in the first podcast, even though we could be branded away. Classic music, it only slaps. It's listen, we're being real, um, but it has its place. Why am I going? Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Real fun. Oh, but um, as we wrap, yo, who's got their thing cut up? I'm echoing like a motherfucker. Like it's probably fucking the savage. Anywho, um, as we wrap, I'm trying to get better at this. I'm back. I'm back in the matrix. But I started a new anime, right? It's oh called. God. Uh, <laughs> it's called. It's called ReZero, starting life in another world. It's pretty cool. It's uh, it's centered around a dude named Subaru Natsuki. Uh, he's summoned to a fantasy-like world. Uh, just after arriving, he is killed while trying to help a young half-elf with friends named Milia, who is candidate to become the next ruler of. Uh, doesn't matter. Anyways, the gist of the story is the dude got teleported into like this little fantasy world, and that like. If he dies, he just comes back to life. But the further he progresses in the story, when he dies, he starts back at certain points. So if you fuck something up, then he would just like have to kill himself, which is very excruciating because he's like, I don't want to die. <laughs> He'd be getting stabbed in the chest and like getting his head cut off. He, it'd, be, it'd be mad painful, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But definitely check it out. It's, it's pretty cool. I'm in like 20 episodes. I, I enjoy it. It's kind of slow at this point, but apparently it's been rated like one of the top. Sus- su- suspense thriller anime, so it's, it's got me got me pretty intrigued a couple points, but um, yeah, check it out if you like anime. But anywho, I think we we we've done pretty well for the night. Appreciate uh, Chan, that G boy, uh, Jonathan out here from the Netherlands. Uh, Jazz was in here earlier, and we appreciate Eric for pulling up. Uh, you guys got any shout outs? Hold up, hold that thought real quick. On the fly, real quick. 
because we talked about this earlier. I want to do this on the fly. Tell me your thoughts on the Air Jordan 12 Retro Royalty real quick. Would you cop them? You like them, you don't. Let's see what they look like. I know what 12s look like. 12 Retro. And they, they just dropped it recently. Um, They look like weird taxis. Actually, they're kind of they're tight. Actually, shit. Yeah, I, I cop them. Okay. I like the I, I agree, man. Like at first I was like, nah, you know, I think I like the 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 uh taxis, but then I looked at them and I was like, yeah, man, I I I, I cop these. I I do have the taxis. Uh, don't wear them. I think yeah, I got the taxis and I got the um obsidians, I think. But yeah, I don't, like I said I ain't, I ain't wore a pair of J's in quite some time. I got the the uh wool, the the black and yellow joints, and I got the um and I got the playoffs too. Damn, two sixty? Yeah. yeah, it's not that bad for the look, but I'm just saying, like, I got a few pair of twelves. I don't wear them that much, but man, recently I was thinking I, I might I might full time on them J's again. Just pull it out. I'm about to make some moves. Um, but yeah, uh, Eric, you got any shout outs? Uh, not really. Um, not, shout out to my dude, Blue Devils, man. Definitely. They deserve one. Big win last night over Gonzaga. Shout out to Duke. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was just going to give a shout out to uh, Eric for coming on. Uh, I thought he was more just the, uh, the sports guy, but uh, he has some good music takes and opinions. I, I was, I, I liked uh, the stuff that he had to say. So shout out to uh, Mr. ESPN. You're going to get the podcast removed for copyright reasons, but that's <laughs> Yeah, you are. Thanks. Marcus. <laughs> 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 Jay Bill is gonna kick down your door or something. Like that. Um, <laughs> Mr. a letter in the mail, so they're gonna put that bag over your head. You waterboard you in the, the studio. Did you use our sports center sound on your podcast? <laughs> oh no. Oh my god. Uh, uh the the yeah, toxic tree with all the X's. What are your shout outs? Nah man, I, I don't have no shout outs this week. Shout out to everybody always rocking with us. Um Definitely appreciate appreciate y'all. Um and yeah, shout out to everybody who listens. Definitely subscribe, like. Um, apparently we'll never get any like ads on this podcast. We cuss way too much, but it is what it is. Um, still subscribe, rock with the gang, check out the podcast. Um, appreciate you rocking with us, Jonathan. Shots in Netherlands. Uh, we do this uh, every week, so um, if you if you like what you hear, definitely come back. And uh, appreciate you rocking with us. Wow. Shout out to Marcus's bad takes from Chan. Okay. Yep. And we are out of here. But I have to do the <laughs> editing part. So. This is always funny when you have to do this. We, yeah. That's why I do it at the end because we add a bunch of stuff that wasn't initially on the thing. All right. <clears throat> All right.